0: Welcome back everybody we are here for episode 87 of the collector cast and we've got the whole gang again bill chris and myself kelsey are here to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart this week we're going to talk about difficult nes games but before we get to that i thought we would catch up a little bit so bill what have you been doing these last couple weeks
1: uh, yeah, so uh, I got uh, Thanksgiving. It uh, was just this past week, so that was awesome. I had uh, Thanksgiving at my parents' house. Um, we, uh, uh, it was just my parents and uh, uh, my family over there, so it was uh, on the quieter side. And um, we didn't have a whole lot of um, Black Friday shopping planned. We, we almost never do. Um, But uh, uh, there were one or two places we kind of wanted to pop out to, so we actually stayed over at my parents' house so that, you know, the kids could just stay sleeping and my wife and I could pop out. Uh, We went to the mall, just went, like, two places real quick, and we went to, like, Target, you know, really nothing crazy, just, like, uh, you know, figured, you know, get, like, a nice couple hours, you know, like, without the kids. Uh, just to do a little bit of shopping really no crazy deals just kind of like you know good deals on like a bunch of kind of you know random common stuff you know for stocking stuffers. you know like pokemon pajamas and stuff like that um so that was great uh we had second thanksgiving at my sister's house just today which is why uh i'm a little bit late for this call so i appreciate you guys uh hanging out uh, holding up for me um and uh, wait. yeah appreciate it i i hope I'll, I'll try to earn my keep uh, so, uh, so yeah, and, uh, I, so we got to see my sister and my brother-in-law and my niece, so that's always awesome, and, uh, uh, yeah, so, um, that's, that's kind of what have been going on, uh, with the family lately. As far as gaming, um, I rolled the credits on Astro's Playroom, uh, which we nice. talked about a few times before, um, but it's, it's just so delightful, and, um, they just, yeah. they just nailed, uh, exactly what they were doing with, uh. There's a lot of games that talk about like, oh, it's a love letter to this, and it's a, you know, like it's a very common thing. But like, if this isn't, you know, like the love yeah. letter, it's like uh, this
0: and Smash Brothers Ultimate are uh, like just above everything else. Like, I, I really like what uh, Digital Eclipse has been doing when they do uh, releases now. They've been really mm-hmm. up in their game with like the SMK 40th anniversary and mm-hmm. Mega Man Legacy Collection and stuff. But yeah, like these these new games like astro are just they make me really excited for other yeah. future releases that just that want to celebrate the history of something
1: yeah it's 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 just so good and you know i we've you know kind of talked about it before so i don't need to go too much into detail but what's so cool about it is uh both my kids really love it and they have never played you know much playstation stuff before we they've only kind of played um you know like nintendo and, and microsoft stuff so um, it's it's a good enough game on its own that you don't have to care about the history of PlayStation to have fun with it. Um, cause it, at at its heart, it's still just a good game, um, and yeah. we've uh, and they love just getting the coins and getting you know like getting to the labo at the end and you know like doing the the uh, you know, like the vending machine and like uh, unlocking all the stuff, and we've unlocked all the stuff on my uh, account on my file. Um, there's still like two or three achievements that we can go back and get but like all the stuff that can be unlocked is unlocked so then i was nice. like all right guys you want to play something else and cameron's like let's start it on my file so he <laughs> started the game again and like now Sweet. he's going from the beginning and since i started it without them now they're kind of seeing the labo from like a fresh perspective and they're like oh it's empty and i can get all this stuff so <laughs> like yeah it's uh, it's fantastic so well That's but cool. the credit but rolling the credits on that, it was really, really cool. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of what Metal Gear Solid did when you kind of go back to Shadow Moses, um, because the final boss that you face, like that Tyrannosaurus, it's like rendered in like PlayStation graphics, um, like for like so kind of phase one. do you know one. what that's from? No, no, that, I didn't. That was apparently
0: it. like one of the first tech demos they ever did on the PS One. Oh, you know, another throwback. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: now that now. Now that you say that, I think they maybe like after that was done, I think there were, they 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 kind of p- pointed towards that because you know what it was. I think it was because like for phase one, it was that, and then like when you fa- face like the final phase, it's like completely like done up in PS Five. And I think I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. They showed like you know like one to five, like the whole you know like process of how uh, of how that was how that was done. But but yeah, it's 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 a phenomenally fun game. And actually, on the way to second Thanksgiving today the boys were like uh like oh put on can you put on you know the astros playroom soundtrack so I jump on spotify it's actually there S-S-S-D. and they yeah and they're like daddy what like what's your favorite song i was like i'm your gpu that is my favorite <laughs> yeah, song i i loved being in that level and then there's two secret areas where you can find the lyrics to the song yeah. and then you realize Oh man, it's not just like random stuff. Like it's like a whole song about being a GPU and how you like <laughs> show them like the graphics and everything. So um, at first I was upset because it didn't seem like the the lyrics were going to be in the song, but then like they kind of they fire up and like they they do play on the Spotify version. And then the boys are asking me like, "What's SSD?" I'm like, "Oh, solid state." Like you know, it's that that you know. So I tried not to get into the nuts and bolts too much. It's just like, and what's great is when I'm playing it. I'm just kind of playing it like, you know, like, it's like, oh, I'm just in a level. And, like, I don't know where I am. Like, they might have it named or whatever. But, like, we start listening to the soundtrack and the boys and, like, uh, Callahan's like, I want to hear one from memory. I want to hear the song from Memory Meadows. Like, you remember the names of the zones? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's really cool that they, that they you know, kind of, like, latch on to that stuff. So we listen to the soundtrack to Astros on the way down. Uh, Not on the way back because... Cause we were trying to like on the way down, it's like, you know, you're, you're, everyone's excited and happy on the way home. It's late. And we're like, all right, we're trying to settle down, go to bed. We don't want like a fist pumping, you know, dance party going on (laughs) in the, in the car at 10 PM. But, uh, but yeah, so Astros is so cool. And I'm really glad the kids like it.
0: My, my daughter is the same way where like, she didn't, she's not old enough to have grown up with any of this stuff, Mm. but she likes exploring that lab and, and playing around with all the hardware and then every once in a while she'll be in my game room with me and she'll see something that she recognizes from Astro's playroom. She's like, pick, <laughs> she'll pick up my multi-tap for PS2 or something. Yep. And she's like, this is from Astro. And it's like, so excited.
1: Yep. So I, I, uh, uh, they've never played, you know, final fantasy games. So I uh, my, uh, Cameron comes upon the buster sword and he's like, daddy, yeah. like, how, how do we get into photo mode? I want to take a picture of this. And I grab the controller. I'm like pressing every button I can think of. And I'm like, I don't know if you've unlocked because we're on his file now. And I'm like, I don't know if you have to unlock that. I just don't remember. Like it's, I don't know if you can take a photo of it yet or if there even is a photo mode. I don't remember. And then I was like, but do you know what that sword is? And he's like, no, it's just cool. I'm like, Hey, that's, that's cool. And it's funny. Like they, they're finding the artifacts. And uh, so they found the, the PS1 multi-tap, which is just a really, really cool looking, you know, b- boomerang, you know, <laughs> yeah. shaped peripheral. And, uh, uh, and they were, they were in there and they were, cause like when a thing comes up, it, tells, it gives you like a tagline, right? So it's like, oh, this, and blah, 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 blah. So they had already experienced that, and I kind of walked in the room, and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, the multi-tap. I was like, do you guys know what that is? Expecting I was going to, you know, explain to them, you know, back in the days of wired controllers, you had to plug them in. So I said, my boy's like, hey, do you know what that is? And Callahan says, it's the most fun you can have with a right angle. <laughs> 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 oh, man. but yeah it's it's terrific so uh great great game great fun the boys are into it and that's that's all you can ask for is just you know just fun fun times um so roll the credits on that um uh i acquired returnal um this was a pre-black friday deal um i want to say this was like a week before black friday or thereabouts And it just kind of like popped uh, like brand new at Walmart for like 30, 35 bucks. So I was like, all right, like that's I'll bite. I know I want it. And that's, you know, about half price. So grab that. Haven't started it yet. Um, I am trying to play some games that, uh, you know, to kind of like, you know, get them off the list because I've got, you know, the next uh, Destiny uh, pack is coming out in about a week or so. There's also Halo uh, Infinite Campaign comes out in about a week, week and a half. Um, so one thing that's been on my list for a while is the telltale batman series so um i ended up rolling the credits on season one of that um the on my show notes uh for this show i i had you know earlier in the week it was like okay finish chapter one and then finish chapter one and two and then finish chapter one two and three so i was actually uh, very proud that i got all the way through season one Um, so there's still a whole second season which i will probably not do right away i'll probably do something else and then go back to it the telltale games are 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 interesting because they're i uh like gameplay wise i'm like i'm not crazy about them because they're you know there's not really a whole lot to them um so you play it for the story like you play it because it's a batman story um so i you know I don't know how much you can say about like the, the, you know, I don't seek out the telltale style game. Um, uh, I'm glad I played it because it was a, it was an interesting Batman story, not something that I had really seen, you know, kind of done before, even though there were like elements of some other stories in it. Um, but cool, cool to, to kind of see this, this I, take on it.
0: I was really impressed with it because I, mm. I went in, like, I played the walking dead games and that was it. Um, mm. I exact same, uh interest level in telltale games like mm. if the source material doesn't interest me then i don't want to play it for the the Game Boy because like you said it's not really there and, and you kind of uh. got to be invested in the characters but yeah like just just some of the simple things like how many batman stories have you read where him and catwoman should know exactly who each other are like sh- they should have figured it out and in this one like they meet each other once as batman catwoman and then they meet each other once as selena and bruce and they're like oh i know who this is like yeah you like see the eyebrows yeah Yeah. like right away uh so just little things like that was fantastic and that like they took a character that has been like a nothing character like like vicky vale and made her really have a cool cool twist and really interesting take on her and like kind of twisting the bruce's parents and right. stuff into into something different and like yep. there's there a lot of things i really liked about
1: that game yeah so 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 100 percent like gameplay wise like take it or leave it because you're really just kind of following the story where it goes there's some quick time for some combat but it's really like the story's going to play out the way it's going to play out and then you make some decisions and then there's like some different things that can happen from there but like putting all that aside like just as a batman story it was super cool And there's a whole lot of elements that you've seen done before, uh, that they just put a twist on or stuff that you just have not seen before. Like, uh, um, like when, uh, uh, so obviously like Bruce and Harvey have been friends, uh, you know, before Harvey becomes two-faced in like a million different stories. So that happens here and it's like, okay, like, you know, I get it. But then Harvey becomes two-faced or he did in mine. Um, and, uh, like he, like he, becomes mayor like by default yeah not so so, sorry spoiler alert um like becomes mayor and like is two-face and the mayor (laughs) like he's not like hasn't like lost his mind yet like and in this story there was like a little bit more of like a jekyll and hyde than i had really seen done previously because it's usually like once he becomes two-face it's like all right that's the side that's kind of taken over and there's not like a fight with like the other side so this was uh one of the the only ones in recent memory that kind of has that aspect to it mm-hmm. uh yeah vicky uh being a uh, uh as big a character she was um, and kind of like that twist at the end of chapter three yeah. really super cool
0: and oswald being childhood friends was, was something i hadn't seen before
1: yeah, so, like, you've seen stuff happen before, like, with Hush, where it's, like, you know, some he's had childhood friends who have, like, come into the story, but it's never been Oswald, and also yeah. Oswald being, like, you know, like, not, like, a Danny DeVito-esque character, just, like, no, him being, like.
0: More like the one from Gotham, like, I think that was probably what inspired it because I think that show was taken off around then.
1: Okay, yeah, because I haven't seen Gotham, but I know that what's his face Colin Farrell is doing it in the Batman, but I don't think he mm-hmm. just looks like Colin Farrell like this this no. uh, Oswald in the in Telltale, like looks like he could be played by Colin Farrell like it's it's that close. Um, so, uh,
0: and the the detective stuff uh, really lends itself well to the Telltale games. Like uh, yes. when Alfred gets abducted, like uh, that was really cool.
1: Like searching that, out for him that was the best one to me because some of the previous ones it was like all right here's a room and then you just kind of link the things together the alfred one was really cool especially reconstructing his scene uh where he's abducted and then the next step spoiler alert at the house uh where he was brought and then you have to like it actually made a lot of sense because alfred's so intelligent that he would leave clues so so batman just knows okay i need to look a certain way because i know what alfred would have done for me and uh um, yeah, it's it was it was a super solid story. Um, it's really cool seeing the stats at the end of the chapter, you know, like you and 20% of players did this kind of stuff. And it was also that. Oh, what's up? I was oh, offline. Yeah, you, I didn't oh that's that. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah, you, you know, that that's a thing though, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, So that was really cool. And it's, and the cool thing was there are certain chapters where like, it was like you in 49%, you in 51%. And it's like, okay, like these, I guess we're not very, you know, these, these decisions were, uh, I guess, you know, just, you know, kind of 50, 50, but then there were some where it was like, oh, like 90% and 10 and then 60% and you know, like 39 or whatever. So it was cool to see like where, where people kind of fell on that. Um, and it was also really cool when you get into Arkham. So like, you know, like it wasn't really borrowing from white Knight, but it was like, just made me think of other times when Bruce has been uh, put into Arkham and, uh, and you know, you meet, uh, uh, John Doe and your first thought is like, Oh, Batman's going to flip that. Like, you know, here he is with, uh, with Joker and like, he doesn't know him yet. So you're like, Oh, it's so cool that they put that in the, in the chronology that like that, like hasn't even started yet. You know, it's, it's not even a thing. So, So
0: they'll get into that in season two a lot, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah yeah Yeah. so 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 overall very good i grabbed um i can't remember how long ago it was but i grabbed uh, i grabbed it on the epic game store it was on sale and i probably grabbed like the pair of them for you know half off like whatever the sale was so i I will get through this the the next one um so i I finished uh, telltale season one um i've been playing a lot of forza horizon 5 and i think i'm pretty close to doing all of the things that i want to do in it and then what i'll do is i'll just pop back in here and there You know for you know like a little a little race from time to time and they release new cars and new content um it's the way it works is every series is 28 days long and every series is made up of four seasons that are seven days long so uh basically if you just want to play the stuff that's in the game and ignore that stuff you can but like every you know week like like this week or sorry for instance the first week there were like two bonus cars you could get if you did this extra stuff and one of them was the delorean so since a lot of people wanted the delorean that's kind of like how they got people you know to kind of figure out how this thing works so basically you do a bunch of stuff you get you know some points you get enough points you can get you know like the free bonus cars so for every week there's a couple of bonus cars and then for every month there's two bonus cars so it's like, if you're a car person, or if you just care about, like, ooh, that's a cool car, or maybe they'll throw the Halo Warthog in at some point, you can do some of that extra kind of, like, weekly, daily challenge stuff. But I, I've, I've tried a little bit of it, and it's, like, it's cool. Like, it's at the end of the day, it's still a fun game to play, but I it, it doesn't jive with the way I want to play that game. Um, which is the opposite of how I feel about something like Destiny, where I do want to, like go for all that stuff and get the unlockables and get the extra weapons because I want them all but like I'm less of a car guy um so it's it's not as meaningful to me but uh Forza is such a great game and I've been playing it between the PC the laptop and the Xbox um so having the you know the 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 you know the cloud saves uh, between you know whatever platform you're on is awesome and yeah, I mean, there's not much else you can say. It's just, it's a phenomenal racing game. So I don't know if you guys are, are into racing at all. I don't, I don't think, I don't think you are.
0: I, I am, uh, but I've, I'm usually into like futuristic racing. I've never been into right. like a kind of down to earth kind of racing. Gotcha.
1: So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things I, I wanted to mention that I would have forgotten is uh so one of the things you can do in this they have these um you know kind of like uh, distance jump challenges and they're just kind of scattered throughout and it's called a danger sign so it's basically like the road is like you know blocked off like danger almost like in burnout and you got to blast through that and just you know can you can you jump 800 feet or 900 or a thousand and it reminds me um so like you like you're going as fast as you can and you hit the danger sign and as soon as you jump off it like all the sound like cuts out and it's like you just hear like. And it reminds me so much of Extreme G uh, <laughs> when you break that sound barrier, and there's just no sound, and then like you break the barrier coming back in. So I'm I'm glad you mentioned futuristic racing, because yeah, that's definitely definitely a good jam. So, but yeah, so that's Forza, and I just wanted to mention that uh, I have it on uh, Good Authority that Santa Claus's spirits are high. He has told me personally that. The RF generation Secret Santa is going strong right now. Uh, all the letters are sent out. Everyone's uh, got their matches. Everyone should be shopping, and I believe some packages have already started to fly. So, uh, very excited to see uh, how that all all rolls out, and uh, it's just a fun thing out to do every, every year. Awesome, good stuff. So yeah, in, in the interest of keeping it, you know, nice and uh, nice and tight and compact, that is all that I got. Appreciate How about
2: you, Chris? You've been very
0: quiet. What's going on over there?
2: Well, I'll have to op- offer apologies up front because I read it as Secret Satan, so uh, somebody's really, <laughs> really going to be disappointed this year.
0: Um, or very excited about their new goat's head.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, with me, you know, um, like I was telling Kelsey, I always feel bad when we get to this section because I feel like I should have more to talk about, but I guess I really don't. So it is what it is. But uh last night I watched Quan Chi and the Seven Spirits of whatever, I don't what is wrong?
0: Chi and the Legend of the <laughs> 10 Rings.
1: Whatever, right? We we started it. So so no spoilers, okay? Yeah, no no. We, that's we st- fine. Okay.
2: It's, okay. I I couldn't I'll be honest with you, I couldn't spoil this thing. I mean, it's about as predictable as it can possibly get. Let's just say that much. Uh good better otherwise. So I'm, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's not M. Night by, Shyamalan. If by
0: predictable, you mean it had, you expected great fight scenes and it had great fight scenes?
2: You're <laughs> uh, I don't know. This was just a movie that I felt like Marvel needed to put out a movie in this time slot. Um, I, 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 totally forgettable to me. I, I don't think I'd ever care to go back and watch this again or or anything else. It's just kinda like, okay, well that was a movie. I'm I'm guessing we're setting this up so Quan Chi or whatever his name is will be in another movie at some point. <laughs> I, I'm always gonna call him Quan Chi because I just think of Mortal Kombat every time. I know it's Shang Chi. I know that I'm not trying to be an idiot. I'm just that's what I always think of. So that's what I'm gonna say. I, I, I just
1: Quan think it's funny that you're the one that gives us crap about the pronunciation of Street Fighter characters. Well, like we don't know Japanese pronunciation. That's why I said I, you, you, I, you I bring, know you bring it with the boomer. I, I know
2: that I know the guy's real name. That's why I'm stepping in here. It's just I don't know. I can't look at the thing without saying Quan Chi so anyway he'll forever be Quan Chi to me
1: um it's Kage
2: (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah I mean yeah I won't get into it I know Kelsey's watched it I guess we'll wait and and see what your thoughts are I've seen
0: it twice now yeah
2: um I don't know I'm gonna guess obviously if you've seen it twice then you thought a lot more of it than I did or was it just man I hadn't seen a movie in the theater forever and I love being in the theater
0: no, that was Black Widow, because um, it had been like two years since I went to theater. But uh, no, I've been to theater lots this year. I went to Black Widow, I went to Shang-Chi, I went to Dune, mm. and I feel like I'm forgetting one other one I went to, too, that I apparently didn't enjoy as much as those three. Okay.
1: Yeah, we, we started Shang-Chi, like, I, I, we were, it was Thanksgiving, we had kind of, like, retired to the living room, and I was just kind of browsing around, and the kids were kind of, like, you know, playing in the basement. So I was browsing and I was like, oh, there it is. And I started it just figuring, okay, like, let me just start it here. And then I watched like the first, like, uh, you know, kind of there's the intro. There's a, what I thought was a really cool fight scene. And then like the, and then like the rumble of the kids coming back into the room happened. So I turned it off. So I only really saw the first (laughs) little bit, but I really, really, really liked that first fight scene. And there, there's so much, you know, like, wire fighting, like, out in the world, like, you know, since Crouching Tiger and everything, and a lot of it, it's just yeah. kind of eye roll But this scene, I was like, I like I don't have the, the, the vocabulary for fight artistic. choreography to speak about, like, what the nuance is, but something about this fight was, like, better and more impactful than any, like, wire fighting stuff I'd seen in a long time. So I'm, I'm excited to watch the rest of it.
0: Nice. That's how I felt, too. That, that really... I felt like a strong opening. It really got me invested right away.
2: Yeah, if you like that, you'll enjoy probably a good chunk of it. There's two of those, mm. I would say, major choreographed fights that are in it. Okay. Um, that first one, there's another one, I guess, probably towards the middle. Um, cool. But, yeah, no, I mean, it was, a, it was a Marvel movie. It was all right. I don't exactly understand where it fits into anything. And I don't think they did a good job of tying it really into anything either. So...
0: The, did you watch the post-credit stuff? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's where they did all the tying in on this one. The whole rest of the movie, there was like none of that.
2: What? Did I, I didn't. Did I totally not understand? It was just the other person resetting up the we, place.
0: We don't. We don't need to. I'm not gonna spoil, spoil anything it, for Bill. We'll we'll talk about that. Okay. We watch all right.
2: Well, then there's something I'm missing then because I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, moving on from that, I did another Dark Souls three run because why would you not want to play good games with your time? <laughs> I,
1: I saw that and I'm happy for you every time I see you do this. <laughs> yes.
2: I, I'm not trying to say other people should do this, but you know, it's like Bill. He likes to play destiny <laughs> and I don't begrudge him the fact that he wants to play a lot of destiny yeah. too. And so, Absolutely. yeah, it was a lot of fun to do another run. Um, I've got a friend that's talking about maybe doing a co-op run here soon. So we might, uh, we might give it a go. It's fun to do a different build either way. And, kind of see a different side of things so for any of you out that are out there dark souls people i was uh, i did a strength faith build because i wanted to kind of see how strength and and miracles could tie together and eh, it's okay that's not i wouldn't say it's my favorite <laughs> build but it's got a couple good upsides and uh for the little bit of pvp i did with it it wasn't terrible uh, i wouldn't say it was rock and roll but it wasn't bad and uh, then, as far as...
1: And and, oh, and, and you finished the game, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So so once you finished with that build, was that build Faith No More? Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I'm so, here all week. Yeah.
2: Um, so, uh, other than that, TV-wise, I've been... I found... I didn't know that Australian Survivor was a thing. I'd never heard of this before and apparently it's not that old i think it must have only started like back in like 2015 or something but we've got paramount plus and i was just flipping through it all of a sudden I'm like wait a minute what australian survivor what what the heck <laughs> and they don't have all the seasons they just have like four five and six the last three seasons and so i'm like okay right, i'm gonna go back and watch you know i like survivor you can you can call it garbage if you want i'll admit it. it's probably not the best high quality television it's just something i enjoy and it's Australian Survivor is so much better. I was really surprised. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, obviously, like, the U.S. one will be the best one, right? No. I don't know what <laughs> the deal is. I obviously have never been to Australia, so I don't know what what the normal time blocks are for Australian TV. But, like, every show is, like, an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm thinking, like, with commercials, what is would that be, like, an hour and a half or two hours? Or I don't know how that would work out, you know, in commercials. Because... In the U.S., uh, something that's on TV with commercials that's an hour would probably be like 40 minutes of television. So there's probably 20 minutes of right. commercial, right? About a third. And so I was trying to do the math around that. I'm going to guess it's probably like an hour and a half. But to me, that wouldn't be enough ads. Right. So anyway, it doesn't
1: matter so, a lot. So, right? so, so one thing, and I don't know if they still do it this way, but years and years ago, like really ages ago, um, someone it was, I think it was George Harrison actually on a talk show. And he was talking about how American TV is just really so bad. And he said mostly it's because of the commercials. And someone said, well, they have commercials like you know in Britain too, don't they? And he said, yeah, but they do it right. Like, like they'll start the show and the show will start. And it'll get like halfway through, and then it's like, all right, like now here, now we're going to take a break for commercials. And then it's like five minutes commercials, and it's like, all right, now we're going to continue the show. So it's like part one, part two, like that's the whole thing. They don't keep coming in and out and in and out like we do here. So if it's an hour 15, I almost wonder if there's like, you know, like, they probably wouldn't do like one 15 minute break, but maybe like, you know, like a five minute one, like on the half hour or something. But I'd be super curious to know how they do that. Well, I can tell when
2: it cuts in and out. I mean, you can tell like when they're cutting okay. the commercials
1: commercial. So gotcha, I, one gotcha. of these times
2: I'm going to time it and like see like how many commercial breaks is inside of this just to kind of get an idea because I've got a curiosity. Um On occasion, you'll see like the first episode was like an hour 45. So you can tell it's probably like a two hour intro special. So they must just not run a lot of commercials is what I'm gathering. Anyway, or they're running a ton uh, and it's the other way around. But anyway, uh, but it's, it's a lot better because A, it's longer. Like if you ever watch uh, the, um, the U.S. Survivor, it's pretty short. They have to cram a lot of action and stuff happening in a pretty short piece of time, right? They got 40 minutes to encapsulate what happened in three days and kick somebody off at the end, right? So there's not a lot of fluff going on. And... In Australian Survivor, with that long format, it's almost like it's like twice as long. They really have a lot more time to get into who the people are and like the dynamics of what's going on with them and what they're doing and how they're interacting. So you get a lot more of that social side and the gameplay that's happening as things are going on. And it's also a little more fast-paced because like American Survivor, they kick somebody out like once every three days and here it's like every two days somebody's gone so it's, it's like a faster pace and it's much more physical than the u.s versions like if you watch the competitions on the u.s version occasionally they have like some kind of a head-to-head matchup and they'll get at it but most of the time it's like some sort of endurance thing um In Australian Survivor, they're beating the crap out of each other. They're doing, like, really hardcore. um, These very, very physical uh, things that they're doing. Not all of them are that, but, I mean, a lot of them are like, oh, my gosh, like, that's grueling, the kind of stuff that they're doing. And uh, otherwise, it's the standard Survivor format that you're pretty used to if you ever watch the show. It's just uh, I I enjoy it a lot more because they actually have the time to really kind of get a better feel for what's going on. And, again, like, the competitions are just, they're just better. Um, because it's not, oh, I'm going to watch these ten people stand on a pole until one falls off, right? Uh, you know, whatever the case is. So, anyway, that's really good I've been watching. I watched uh, season four. I'm in the middle of, like, season five. And, um, and, it, and it's long, too. Like, uh, there's, like, 24 episodes of this. So, you can think they're, like, an hour and 15 minutes, and there's 24. Ep- it's, like, it's a lot. That goes on. They give you a lot of content. But anyway, Paramount Plus is on there. If you care about Survivor, you want to check out Australia's Survivor. The only person I know that would probably care is Rich. I know Rich is into Survivor like I am. Sometimes he will shoot me messages like, can you believe who oh, so-and-so was kicked out? Um, but I don't I don't know if I know anybody else that's into the show. <laughs> um, and then, last but not least, I bought a copy of Guardians of the Galaxy, which was on sale for 30 bucks the other day. And because Kelsey says, that hey, is,
1: that's
0: crazy cheap for a new game. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I think I saw that for $25 yeah, on like, like Slick co- Deals or A couple or days after I bought
2: mine for $30, it was $25. <laughs> anyway, no, it's $5. Who cares, right? But uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's kind of like that's a new game and to go cheap that fast is pretty crazy yeah
1: and and the fact that it's like like a lot of times like a game will come out and then it drops right away if it's getting just like awful reviews but i've not heard bad things about this game good
0: things about this one so yeah
1: i'm I'm actually really surprised to see it like so so you know cheap so quickly
2: me too um and i don't again maybe that's just this is just christmas fodder and it's just out there to you know sell a lot of copies for christmas Mm-hmm. Right. but kelsey's gonna got a copy there's a couple other of us that are on the discord we're gonna be playing through and talking about marvel's guardians of the galaxy so if anybody here listening wants to get yeah. in on that yeah, they could definitely become a patron and get on the discord and chit chat with us before we chat about it and spoil things uh kelsey will get his next year as the canadian postal service seems uh. to be working
0: well it's i can't just blame the postal service this time even though it is really bad normally but yeah we've had some crazy weather events here that have like removed some highways that used to be there so our uh infrastructure for travel has been greatly changed over the last month uh so we've had to like reroute things like we had to tell our kids like you're only allowed to have this much milk a day because we are probably not going to be able to buy milk for two weeks and stores are finally getting restocked here because uh you know, beyond all of the supply constraint issues the world's having right now, we had these yeah infrastructure problems with our road and weather, that uh, made those all much much worse recently. You say,
2: kids, we only have one bag of milk to last the whole week. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> don't don't uh, don't yeah. rip the bag
2: or we're out.
1: <laughs> yeah, we only have two and a half deciliters. <laughs>
2: Uh, but really i think that's about it for me Uh, i was doing the holiday stuff getting to catch up with people which is a lot of fun it's nice to have a four-day weekend because it's probably been since the last holidays that i've had a four-day weekend so uh (laughs) yeah it's just nice to cut loose for a minute i've got i've got to see a lot of people i haven't seen in a while so i really that makes me very happy
0: i i can't remember the last episode we had where all three of us had an actual pickup this, this is cool, because Bill got it Returnal, uh, Chris got Guardians, I've got Guardians coming, but I also picked up a new CRT just yesterday night. Oh,
2: how many do you have now? Because I get the one I gave you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got that one. Um, I've got the one I've been gaming on for quite a while, 27 inch. Um, I've got a little 13 inch that I've been doing most of my NES playing on. I picked up that 44 inch about a month, month and a half ago. Oh. And then I got this 41-inch uh, <laughs> just yesterday as well. So I've got five CRTs in my house right now. And
2: Maybe, hopefully, at some point in time, an NES TV. and
0: Yeah, and i got to pick up that one from you. So, yeah, six if I can get them all here.
2: You're kind of catching up. I'm all trying right. to think how many do I have. One, two, three, four, five. Six. I think I've got six. Yeah. Seven. Two no, minutes. I've got seven. Got oh, one up on you.
0: You got me beat. <laughs> I, uh, this one that I picked up, it's great screen and very big and pretty, uh, but it's got a weird ticking sound uh, when something is in one, any one of the inputs. Like if you turn on a DVD player, or a game system, or whatever, uh, it's like it through the speakers. So I gotta figure out what that
2: is. But it, it doesn't hmm.
0: happen all, all the time when you have nothing inputted on, but it's just on. It does
2: not make that sound. So I wonder if it's wonder well, if it's like a bad ground or something. I don't know, um, but
0: I haven't played
2: around if it's something to do with that particular port or not. I really haven't tested it yet because I just got it yesterday. So but usually there's like a little well, circuit, so when it will that input won't work until you plug a, an RCA jack into it, and then it like it has a way to detect basically that you've broken a circuit. And right. So yeah, I'd be curious to figure that out.
3: Yeah,
0: I will hopefully open that up uh, in the next couple of weeks here and figure that out. Um, and then my guardians is slowed down because of all this road stuff and our postal service just being slow and it getting close to Christmas time and COVID. So yeah, like Chris said, it could be here December first. It could also be here January first. I have no idea. We'll see when it arrives.
2: Um, um, and you're gonna be playing on PlayStation Five.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Be cool. Yours too. was Xbox Series X. Yes. Is that right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, I've been doing some Switch gaming with my daughter again. Uh, She's been really into Mario Kart 8 once more, so we've been putting some time into that. And I have kept pulling her back to play some more Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 with me. And we have beat that game on every difficulty now. And there's these like challenge rifts that open up when you beat the game on each difficulty. So we've unlocked every character and all the alternate costumes and... We've probably done like 98% of the game and there's just a few unlockable things that I just think I don't want to put that much time into to do them now. So I might just leave it at like 98% and be happy with that.
2: A game you might want to check out that Eden and I have just recently started playing together and she seems to really enjoy is I don't know if you've ever heard it called Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time
0: i have played that with three grown men and that was uh, a fun (laughs) fun evening (laughs) yeah okay
2: then i mean give that one kid like i know like even like i I want to run the shield so i like i have to do everything but the shields or whatever right
0: (laughs) yeah no like we started like that like coordinating and being a team and then after a while it's like no i want the lasers and no you do the shields you idiot over there and (laughs) yeah we were fighting each other and trying to play through it which is pretty fun um but my, my favorite part of multi- Marvel Ultimate Alliance is uh I like playing with Ghost Rider and he's got this move where you know he's got all these cool chains around him. So one of them is he just swings the chain over his head in like a wide arc to like knock all these bad guys away from you. And every time I do it, my daughter starts singing Gangnam Style of
3: the dance. <laughs> It's like Shang- <laughs>
2: like Shang Chi, right? Uh...
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been plugging away at Persona 2 Innocent Sin on my PSP as well, and I gotta say, like as much as I love Shin Megami games, the first three Personas, uh, one and both of the twos, they're rough. I, I don't think I'd recommend them to anybody, there's just not, it's not a lot there to make up for how slow they are, especially the PSP one, like the combat, because you gotta wait for like a load to get into the fight. And then any if any voice clips get triggered during the fight, you gotta wait for another load. Um, you everyone has little animations, so you you punch in like your your movements, and then you you click yes, and then you literally can put the PSP down and like wait for the your moves to act out and then the enemies to act out. So if you're summoning a persona, that takes some time. If you're just using a move, they've like got these animations for all your regular attacks, and it's just. It's really a slow slog to do fighting and there's a lot of random encounters in that game so it's just really slow and the story's not good enough to make up for how slow the combat is. So not one I would recommend to anyone other than someone who just loves Persona and kind of wants to flesh out that full experience for just like historical interest.
2: I remember playing the first one on the original PlayStation. I had rented it one time. And so like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this could be interesting. And I just did not click at all. Yeah.
0: I, like, I don't love that one either. I think the only thing I kind of find interesting enough about that one is it's still got the like first-person dungeon crawler like roots from Shin So that was kind of neat uh, for the Persona games. But yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's just not... The positives don't outweigh the negatives in that game. They're just they're slow and boring and obtuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I've been playing some NES. So you've heard me complaining about Mock Rider the last couple episodes. <laughs> I finally finished off Endurance mode in Mock Rider, which was the mode I was stuck on for the longest time. Congratulations. <laughs> Man, thank you. That game is... <laughs> much harder than i anticipated it being which doesn't happen often i usually know what i'm going into pretty well uh so i always like to
2: be surprised but not in that way so it's like mock rider or something like that or
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it's in the rearview mirror which is nice uh and then i've been working on dungeon magic for the last several days which I've I've tried to start in the past, and I had a save issue, um, even though I replaced the battery. So I borrowed a copy from one of our patrons, Engineer Mike, and I've been using his, which has been working great. Uh, It is very challenging to start. There's a lot to learn that they don't explain to you. Uh, I am almost like I'm, i think i'm level 18 now and i think the max level is 20 so I'm, I'm getting very close to the end game i will probably have to grind out those last two levels because the dungeon i'm attempting to go through is whooping me so i might just have to spend two hours to go up two levels which will suck it's kind of boring uh the whole game has like like when you turn it on it's got this beautiful intro music um where it's telling the story and then whenever you go to a shop or or an inn, or a, or a sage or anything, um, you get this great music. It's really, really good. And then all the rest of the game where you're playing it is dead silence. There's nothing. No Weird. music at all. Yeah, so most of the game, because it's a dungeon crawler, is in that dead silence. And you just get those little moments like sprinkled throughout when you go to save at the inn or like you find a NPC character that has something important to tell you on the map and stuff. So... It's really kind of creepy and silent, which, which sucks because the music that is there is is really good. <clears throat> um, so I'm hoping to finish that one tomorrow. But I don't know how much grinding I'll have to do. It might take a couple days longer than that. So it'll be three left then? This is the third last one. So when this one's done, it'll oh, be two left. wow. And then there were two. Be the Immortal
2: and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I'm going to guess that Indiana Jones won't be a tough one. I'll be curious to hear more about The Immortal. Yeah, me too. I, I think I will enjoy that one, even though it's got a
0: little bit of a reputation for being tough. Yes, it I think does. it'll be tough and fun. <clears throat> yes, they are. That's that's why I'm playing this one as well. I've already done the uh, the title one. If they were the same, like like I didn't play both Punch Outs, even though there's like a there is a difference. They're essentially the same. So, <clears throat> yeah, and so that should be a great segue into our topic for today, which is difficulty in NES games specifically. <clears throat> this has become a topic of great interest for me over the course of my playing <laughs> I, every time i see uh, top 10 hardest nes games or something along those lines <clears throat> i always click on it and i am always disappointed or frustrated uh there, there's just a lot of bad information that just keeps getting recycled it's like like sometimes you can tell like because i've read enough of those now where i'm starting to be like oh They've read this other person's list and just switch two games. Like they, are not doing any sort of research. They're just here to, you know, get the clicks or whatever. Um, and sometimes there's a game on there that's just like, it's like what?
3: Like, the,
0: like you, you, can make a top like five hundred difficult NES games, and this game shouldn't be on there. Like, what did I where know? Did this come from
2: for fun? I did like a couple searches because we know we were gonna talk about this, and on one of the mm-hmm. lists castlevania 2 was on the list i'm like what this is
1: like a really
2: easy <laughs> game as long as you know about that one stupid thing with the whirlwind
0: yeah so it's kind of become a, a goal of mine to to dispel some of that misinformation around this topic so i've, I've done a lot of thinking and you know research in quotes um prior to to bringing this topic up with you guys. Uh, so I've come up with 13 categories that I think uh, describe different types of difficulty on the NES, and I want to run them all by you and get your ideas on them and kind of flesh this idea out a little further. And if I need to change some of them or remove them or add things, I want to do that. I really want to kind of nail this topic down and then uh, try and present it to the world at large and hopefully uh, make a a much better uh, difficulty ranking for the NES.
2: Yeah, I've looked forward uh, to Kelsey Polnick's The Real Hardest NES Games book. <laughs> 100%,
3: yeah.
1: But the the, the the irony of it is it's going to be the unofficial guide to difficulty, <laughs> so it'll... No, no,
0: no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this endorsed
2: by Miyamoto. You're going to get it licensed? No, I think, <laughs> I'm gonna get I think what you've got to say is everything the angry video game nerd taught you is wrong
0: yeah <laughs> the, like yeah. i have nothing against the angry video game nerd i think I, I don't like his videos because of the language but like i realize he's playing a character and having fun yeah and everyone seems to take these comedy videos as factual and they they put that information like especially the silver surfer it comes up a lot in these lists and it's because of that avgn video it's a shtick I, I'm, yeah i'm and he's exaggerating for comedic effect, and everyone's kind of taken that as gospel. And they've they've shared it enough times that people start to believe it after a while, just because they've seen it so often. So that that game in particular, if I open up a top ten list of hardest NES games and Silver Surfers anywhere near that list, like I just know they haven't played any of these games like they, haven't, they haven't done any research because it is not even a top 10 hardest shoot 'em up on the nes let alone like all-time games like it's just baffles me all right so let's get started here okay so the first category and i think this might be chris's favorite category. <laughs> this is like uh, this I'm is a calling, common
2: category i'll say that much
0: yes uh, i'm calling this one poor design uh, and so just as like a brief descriptor of what that means uh, something about the game is unintuitive uncomfortable or unintentionally misleading to the player now I know, I know we've all played games with bad design but if you remember back to the nes specifically we're still trying to kind of figure out what a good game is at that time there's there's not a lot of uh, um really examples that people hold up is like this is a really great piece of design prior to that like this is kind of where people are you getting some mass market appeal and people are starting to look at games and trying to emulate them more and figure out which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones and there's still a lot of ideas coming out so some of the poor design is definitely not intentional it's just people trying new ideas that they have that probably sounded good in their head <coughs> So, I wanted to break this one down a little further, which I won't do with any of the other categories. Uh, so, one of the poor design things uh, I have as a subcategory would be bad controls or mechanics in a game. So, I'm sure you can both uh, think of examples of games that have bad controls on the NES. Did anything popped to mind right off Dark the top Man. of your head? Yeah, Dark Man is very slippery. Like, yeah. one of the worst for, like, you stop and you just keep moving, even though you haven't pushed any buttons. Like yeah. it's really. I,
1: I, I remember I remember I acquired this game <laughs> and like I think Nightshade and a couple others, and I was like, you know what, I'm not playing enough games. Let me just put in the next game I get. So I got Darkman, I threw it in, and I remember sending you a message like, "Am I doing something wrong? Like, is is there something wrong with my copy?" And you're like, "No, it's not just you."
2: <laughs> I would say I got that feeling like anytime I would see a game and I and it would have ocean.
3: Was the developer, I just (laughs) went,
2: oh, God, no. (laughs) That was this category. Like, every one of their games is this category.
1: That's interesting. I I never picked up on that. Like, I'm familiar with Ocean, but I never picked up on that recurring theme with them.
2: I
0: think Ocean did Robocop 2, and that is very much like Darkman controls, like, super Uh. slippery and slidey all over the place. So you just feel like you're fighting the game as well as whatever enemies they put in there. (coughs) Um, yeah those are great examples another one uh that i've seen more people talk about recently uh, is adventures of dino reiki uh where it's it's like a scrolling shoot 'em up which works fine um, but there's parts of it where you have to do platforming so you have to mm-hmm. jump even though you're on top-down view you have to jump to uh different platforms or you'll just fall in a pit and die and it's it's just a really not a well thought out or implemented mechanic in that style of game at that time so it it Hmm. makes the game far more challenging than it should be
2: i don't know why Um, i can't think of one right off the top of my head but games that would use like the starter select button as an action button and you'd be like no this is not good (laughs) well like that one wasn't bad because it was so occasional but i don't know why i can't think of but there was a couple other games that did that and you're like no this is not comfortable or good how about ghostbusters 2 where they reversed everything <laughs> in the game
0: you go right to left and you're you're jumping your run but you jump and your shoot buttons are swaps from every other game like it was just backwards
2: <laughs> yeah that was always oh. tough too when if it was if they flopped yeah jump and shoot around you were like someone should just shoot them right away and this should mm-hmm. not be a thing yeah, yeah. but
1: you're but right if someone tried to shoot but if someone tried to shoot them they would jump <laughs>
0: all right so so that's some some good examples of some games with bad controls and mechanics that that make the games harder than i think they were intended to be Mm. um the other part of poor design i wanted to add is just like glitches just things that weren't aren't supposed to be there that make it really hard to progress or sometimes impossible to progress so i don't want to chris's favorite examples of this on the nes is Athena. oh yeah this should be such a good game yeah (laughs) it's got like describing this game to someone during that era like it sounds great yeah when Mm. when you're playing it it's just nothing works
2: like it's supposed to work and it just feels terrible to play and then like i say poor design where like whoever thought that idea of dropping worse weapons and you pick them up was a good idea and it usually happens when you like hit a block and they just fall on you like you don't have reaction time to really avoid it either yeah it's just or you're killing an enemy that you're walking towards into and you just walk right into whatever they dropped right yep Yep. it's uh it's like that feeling that happens very 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 randomly in a castlevania game every once in a while like an enemy will drop like the watch and you're like crap Oh, sure. Yeah, you're like, I wanted the holy water. Yeah, and you pick up the axe or something. But, I mean, mm. this game is like every two seconds it's doing that to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the power-ups you want are rare. The power-ups you don't want are common. So, you, yeah, you run into that problem a lot where you pick up things you don't want to pick up.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the idea of... any game where they sit and go, let's have downgrades. No. If, if you ever say, let's have <laughs> downgrades in our game, just stop. Stop what you're doing. Throw that design document away. Start over.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Another pretty notorious one is X-Men, where there's actually a glitch in it where after a certain boss, uh, the screen doesn't scroll like it's supposed to. And you're just like stuck in a screen with nothing. There's not even a bad guy there to kill you. You're just like (laughs) stuck endlessly in the screen uh obviously they didn't intend for that to happen it's just something that got missed in playtesting or maybe there mm-hmm. wasn't playtesting who knows
2: it's like cheetah men 2 you can't get all the way through mm-hmm. the game it's just it glitches and you get stuck mm-hmm. um cryon conquest is another
0: one i ran into where if you shoot and then try to jump immediately after it just won't jump so if you're running towards a cliff and you're shooting at bad guys and then you go to jump the cliff, <laughs> oftentimes you'll just walk right into the cliff. So you kind of have to play around that bad design and shoot, 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 stop shooting, make sure it's clear, then do your jump, then carry on. That's another game that should be
2: <coughs> awesome. And it kind of just falls apart in the wrong ways. Yeah, it's just Okay. It's got some cool ideas. like It's
0: like, what if you were Mega Man, but you had all your powers right at the start? It sounds <laughs> <It's> really cool. <laughs> but yeah, then it just kind of implements it really poorly.
2: Yeah, like cl- swing and a miss.
0: Yeah. So anything you guys want to add to poor design before we move on to the next category?
2: Well, you asked us to get a couple ideas together. And I don't... I, I'm going to guess this will probably fit... These will fit better in a different category. So... Uh, I'm gonna save my three. Yeah, let's keep those
0: to the end. Let's keep those right to the end, and then I want to see if they if they mesh in here. All right, so I would think maybe like
2: uh, like Total Recall, right? I want to say that's another ocean game. Uh, yeah, I believe so. And like, just the control is is crap, right? It's again, it's like anything where you see ocean pop up, just turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've got a lot of ocean games have
0: good music though. It just jam to it for a bit jam to that title screen
2: yeah well that's what, like those that old c they're all like these c64 guys right from europe and yeah they were great at that yeah but yeah. like oh the games are trash yeah
0: um so my next category is the length of the game so the actual like minute-to-minute gameplay might not be crazy hard but just the time commitment can uh, be too overwhelming for people sometimes uh so Role-playing games always fall into this category, so yeah, I, I don't sure. consider something like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy to be extraordinarily hard. But like I get like not having 40, 60, 80 hours to invest in a game, so that can just make it unbeatable to a lot of people. Uh, some of the worst examples that I found uh, was Might and Magic, uh, Secret of the Inner Sanctum. It's one of the games I put the most time into. Uh, it's got other things that also make it hard, but the the biggest thing for that one I think was the length. Uh, and the bases loaded games. Uh, <laughs> the first, second, and fourth one. How'd uh, you play legitimate like seasons of baseball? So it was like seventy plus games, and then a <laughs> World Series at the end. So those games took uh, you know weeks to to get through. Uh, and like you're just trying to stay awake mostly through those. Like once you've played five games you understand how the games work and how to win them, and it's just a matter of time after that, so it's just an endurance test, basically.
2: Would you... Um, I'm curious. Would you put games in here that were... that did not have a password or battery backup, but really should have? I mean, like, it was... Too much to do a single playthrough. Yes,
0: I, I do have a category uh, coming up that that kind okay. of stuff will fall into. Okay.
2: absolutely. Okay, I'll save those ideas.
0: Then. Cool. Um, so the next one this this is the only one that's kind of controversial in my mind. Like most, some players, probably a lot of players, wouldn't uh, classify this, but I put an artificial difficulty. So this is games that don't have like real endings. Like you're not going to get a credit roll. So the player, it's up to the player to decide what the ending is. So for every NES game, my basic criteria was typically uh, play the game until it loops levels. Uh, And sometimes it was like get the high score on the uh, leaderboard or something like that. Um, But yeah, especially looping games, uh, sometimes very, very easy. Like Donkey Kong, like there's what four stages, like... uh, an average NES player can do that in thirty minutes to an hour, uh, but then like Mock Rider that I was stuck on very recently, that took me like three weeks of pretty intense practice to to loop. And there's three modes, so I had to do it three different times. I had to learn mm-hmm. like three different ways to play that game. Uh, but you could also argue like you could just win a race, and then you know you've technically beaten Mock Rider because there's no real ending to that game. So do you guys have any thoughts on that one? That That's kind of the weirdest one, I
2: think, on here. I mean, I guess when you're, like in your case, where you're actually setting out to beat them all, that's a, an important criteria. I think for your average person, it doesn't matter. Because if it doesn't end, it's just, you know, get whatever score you can get or whatever, right? Because you don't care. Yeah. So let me ask you
0: a question then. If you were reading top 10 hardest nes games list and you saw something like xevious pop up on it what would your thoughts be
2: i think you would have to put those in its own category and rank them that way so like if you said you know i uh, like i don't know if star soldier has an end but if you had like star soldier Zevius, those kind of games mm-hmm. i think you could put those in their own category by themselves and then rank them by difficulty within that system but I think they belong in their right. own space. They don't really belong blended in with anything else because it's arbitrary. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. It's it's a very
0: weird kind of subsection of uh, difficulty, I think. Right, because I think and you can say, some...
2: like, Star Soldier is harder than Xevious, or vice versa. I don't know, I've not played enough. I, to me, Star Soldier is harder than Zevius, But I again, I've not beat them both. And so... Again, though, if it's like I have to get X score, it's going to be harder for me to get X score on Star Soldier or to loop it than it is for me to do it on Xevious.
0: Mm -hmm. It was like some of the hardest experiences I've had going through the NES library were these kind of categories uh, Were just things where, like uh, elevator action is one that was extraordinarily hard to loop uh, until one player like kind of discovered an exploit for that game. But it like it almost felt unbeatable until I learned about that exploit like uh, whereas every other game that's considered really hard, you know I didn't didn't have that kind of overwhelming challenge with. Mm-hmm. so it, it's definitely yeah I think you're probably right that they they deserve to be talked about, but maybe in a different setting.
2: yeah, I think to me it's just a total different frame of reference because they are not quote unquote beatable
0: mmm Okay, my next category is randomness. Uh, So some kind of strong RNG, like random number generator, is like core to the game's design that you can't avoid. So do you guys have any uh, games that pop to mind uh, with some kind of random RNG element that uh, is a pain to deal with? I mean, that's
2: the tough part, because I feel like a lot of games feel random, but really they probably aren't right like uh a lot of space shooters they feel (laughs) random but really if you play them enough times you realize no not really like they're gonna work this way every time that that's absolutely correct yeah
0: a lot of games feel like that especially right when you're first starting them and then yeah you kind of begin to to realize there's patterns involved in how things react and move and spawn and stuff like that
2: so I don't know. It'd be very difficult for me to ascertain what was real random and what was, I just haven't spent enough time with it random. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I see the ones you're going to talk about here, and I'll be honest, I haven't played enough of these to go like, oh, no, seriously, this is crazy, just random. Whereas other games right. I, I might think of, you might go like, no, trust me, I've played that enough, not random at all.
0: Right. So, yeah, one of the ones I've talked about on the show a few times that I got stuck on for a very long time uh, was championship pool. And mm-hmm. the the thing that made that game challenging was you 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 have this awesome ghost ball that like kind of shows you what your move's going to do up to two bounces. So you can line up your shot, looks awesome, you're watching this ghost like play through different scenarios that could launch and you like I, and I did this one time I watched 100 balls go into the pocket 100 times in a row. Felt like great. I can't miss. Hit the button, and I missed. (laughs) And it was like, Hmm. what what happened there? And it just after dozens of hours with this game, I came to realize that it's showing you like a scenario that could happen, but there's always like a a chance. Uh, It you can lessen the chance depending how you how many bounces you have to do, how much spin you have, that kind of things. You can you can make the odds play out a little more in your favor, but there's always a chance the ball doesn't go where you think it's going to go through nothing you did wrong. It's just, it just picks a random, uh, ghost ball to, to launch and you just hope you get the one you wanted. So that game, uh, the AI in the last couple, um, tables will clear the table if you make a mistake and you have a chance of making a mistake through nothing you did wrong every (laughs) single shot. (laughs) So if you don't clear the table perfectly, you often just get the table cleared on you and lose the game.
2: That's vicious. So that one,
0: Yeah, that one was really tough to overcome. And it honestly just took playing it long enough to both get good enough and comfortable enough with it and get a lucky run at the same time, mm. which is a frustrating thing to wait for on such a hard game.
2: So do you feel like games like this that... <clears throat> is it? do you think they just never expected people to really bother to get that far or I mean do you think they gave it much thought or, or they just thought no this is a really good idea because it simulates in real life you can't always get them all right there's probably
0: some of that and like I'm sure they didn't have rigorous testing back then either like they maybe were testing it with dev tools and like oh I made a mistake I'm just gonna rewind back to that shot try again and like didn't anticipate the player couldn't do some of those things sometimes gotcha yeah uh qbert is another very hard one that uh, i had troubles with Um, the good thing about qbert is the enemies always drop in the exact same order so you always know what's coming down and each each enemy has a different type of movement you can anticipate but every single time they jump you you can't tell if they're going to go left or right they they pick a random path to follow even though everything else they do you can kind of predict So that one, same way, like you just had to play it enough to get comfortable with those patterns and memorize which guys were coming down because there's certain ones that you can grab that will freeze everything for a second, which, you know, were a lifesaver. But sometimes you'd go to grab that and he just jumped the opposite direction you thought he was going to go and you'd miss it and, you know, lose two lives trying to recover from that.
2: And I feel like having played Hubert in the arcade, that's... Probably just indicative of the Cubert experience, right? It's an arcade game. Yes. It's meant to kick you off, right? Yep.
0: I think that was very intentionally designed. And this is one where it doesn't feel unfair. Uh, it kind of feels weird that Qbert has an actual ending on the NES. You'd think it would fall more into that Donkey Kong, Mock Rider kind of like loop at some point.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But
0: no, it's got like a legitimate end, which is, is kind of unique for, for the arcade ports
2: yeah i mean when i play when i would play arcade like legit arcade ports i would you would expect them oh I, they should play like the way the arcade game plays and mm-hmm. you know again a lot of those are just brutal because they want to take your quarter they'll give you a minute of fun and then they expect you to get off
0: yep yep then cubert other than them throwing an ending screen on there feels very much like that style of game still
2: yeah very classic arcade yeah. Yes.
0: Um, so the next category I have is complexity. Um, so these games have a huge learning curve to get into. Uh, like we were talking about Dungeon Magic earlier. That's a really good example of that. Um, any of the Koei games, uh, outside of maybe Gemfire, that one's a little more simplified. But the other Koei games, uh Le Emperor, Bandit Kings, Nobunaga's Ambition, they, they kind of make you learn a new language before you can even start to play the game. You have to figure out what all these systems mean, how they interact, which ones are important, which ones can you ignore for a while, uh, which ones are the enemy going to use, which ones are most important for your army. Um, But beyond just strategy and role-playing games, um, you can find this kind of stuff anywhere. Uh, There's a game called Infiltrator where you have to fly a helicopter and they tried to simulate a helicopter as close as they could on the NES. (laughs) Man, there's a lot of buttons and gauges and dials to pay attention to or you'll just crash (laughs) and die constantly so learning how to just fly a helicopter in that game uh was very challenging even after beating multiple missions uh like it just felt like i could die from a simple mistake anytime during the late missions with that one whereas the rest of the game is pretty straightforward you're just like running into buildings and and uh looking for items to you know do secret spy stuff and get out of there. Um, Another type of complex game uh, is ones that have really uh, confusing maps and so some games are designed around that like wizardry is designed to like make each floor is like its own puzzle that you have to like solve to get through Um, but some games do that better than others um, where games like uh, back to the future two and three has that same idea where it's kind of a confusing map where you're supposed to not just go from different map to different map but different times so if you go back in time you can plant a seed and then you go forward in time to a certain spot and the seeds grown and they do a really bad job of giving you any sort of tools to like map it out and kind of figure your way around so it's just overly confusing when when it really didn't have to be that hard. Do you guys play any games that you'd feel are just too complex on the NES to to get into?
2: So I would go and also agree with your Koei stuff, because I played several <laughs> of these, and I feel like these are games that are just for like hardcore people. Like This is just, I'm hardcore into strategy, right? And I'm going to play this game over and over and over, and I'm just, this is what I do. And also, this, some of this, like this, and some other games, I think, were designed for a PC experience and brought mm-hmm. to the NES. And I don't know if that's always the best idea, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it's passable, and you can make it work, but mm. probably just not the place where most people want that kind of experience, I guess I would say.
0: Yeah, like with most of the Koei games, you can actually set the difficulty between 1 and 5. And even on one, even though the computer is not really aggressive and they kind of let you have your own thing, you just feel like you're not winning because it's so overwhelming at first. <laughs> um, like I remember playing the Emperor for like six to seven hours and then like seven hours in, I'm like, okay, I understand this game reset. I'm going to start from the start with all the stuff I know and, and have a much better beginning. Uh, and even on like a level one, it felt like I needed to do that. Like seven hours in, it felt like I'd made enough bad decisions where I probably couldn't recover even on the easiest difficulty. So I had to go back and and, uh, give it another go.
1: Yeah. I've, I've had that experience every time I start a new civilization game, um, you know, where you, it's, you, you can't learn all the things before you start playing. Like you have to learn some of them as you're playing. And the same thing with certain complicated board games where, you would just be hours reading you know instructions and and gameplay mechanics and stuff and it's like there's five people sitting there like when can we play the game so <laughs> yeah. a lot of times you just leave some of the more advanced mechanics out either completely until you've like done the game a couple times or it's like okay the first like two rounds of turns we're going to ignore that thing and then once you have that down okay now we're going to add a twist and then kind of like Hades the way it like kind of introduces new mechanics after a few playthroughs so I haven't had so this experience smarter, yeah. yeah I haven't had this experience on the NES um, never anything that uh, that complicated um, but yeah this is definitely something that's probably more prone to happen in the strategy uh, you know realm which makes sense with the Koei stuff
0: sure which which is why I also wanted to highlight infiltrator and back to the future two and three uh, dirty Harry's also got a really ridiculous first stage um, hmm. where yeah they just front load you with too much information in a lot of those um, to make it to make anybody want to get past that initial uh, play mm-hmm
2: yeah, no. the NES is not a great machine to try to pull off a sim. You know what I mean? It's just, it just isn't.
0: Yeah, There are good examples of it, though. We all know Silent Service is a fantastic <laughs> sim.
2: Best in the brightest.
0: Now, that game, actually, um, i probably put it between this and another uh, category I've got coming up because uh, they make you learn a new control method for each type of uh, style, like whatever part of the sub you're in. that game like it controls completely differently so you figure out how to navigate and then you want to like shoot some torpedoes it's like oh nothing controls like the navigation so i have to learn how to play this way too so that one has its own kind of complexity which was interesting
2: but it's it's funny that you bring this up because like so many of these titles that you're talking about are pc ports or or computer ports
0: yep And there, there's good examples of computer ports, like some of their RPGs like uh, Pool of Radiance and Ultima Four, like fantastic ports. Skater Die. Really I. good. Wizardry. Wizardry, yeah, Skater Die is a good one. Um, yeah, so it, it definitely can be done uh, in a in a good way. This uh, so next category I called multiclassing. And this is a game that you need to get good at multiple styles of games in, in this one title. So I really, I think most of these games you'll be familiar with that I have listed. Uh, so Battletoads, uh, you can't just be really good at beat-em-ups to get through Battletoads. You also have to be really good at racing games. You have to be really good at surfing. You have to be really good at the, those stages where you like rappel down the ropes. There's some stages where you've got a time limit to get to the end as quick as you can. Uh, like There's a lot of different play styles in there. Uh, there's some slippery levels. There's some levels that are just pure platforming. So you can't just be good at one thing to beat Battletoads, which is one of the reasons that game's so challenging. Uh, and in that same vein, uh, Cobra Triangle and Bayou Billy both uh, have uh, a lot of different modes thrown in that, that make those games more challenging than just uh, the one genre that they kind of mainly classify as.
2: I think... I would, I mean, I think we'll talk more about a couple of these a little later, but I think sometimes they do the double sin where you're right. You have to learn multiple modes and then they've also artificially cranked the difficulty to be painful at the same time. And that's just a double whammy that sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Miracle Piano I didn't know where to place it. So I kind of gave it its own category because even though I had played you know, 600 plus NES games by the time I went to Miracle Piano, none of that knowledge and skill transferred into Miracle Piano. It, it's it's very much its own beast as educational software rather than uh, an NES game. So it, it does fall into a couple other categories, but it's unique enough I just didn't know where to place it so it kind of got its own little little spot there does that make sense
2: yeah i could see i mean i know it didn't happen but if a mario teaches typing would have come to the nes this is also where you kind of loop that kind of an idea in right where it's just this is just a totally foreign skill maybe i would even put the rob games in this kind of a category I've got another spot
0: I think those ones might fit, okay. but I'll, I'll bring that up. Uh, it's one of the last ones I have on my list here. We'll see if you agree. Okay. All right. So this one, um, you mentioned a game earlier, and this is where I think I would put it, uh, where you were talking about password saves. So lack of resources. So this is where a game severely limits uh, the amount of lives you can earn, if any, power-ups, continues, checkpoints, those kind of things. They're just kind of like, here's the game do it in one sitting with what you've got you will not get any help uh, other than what you have at the start of the game. I don't know if I so, would
2: uh, I would say yeah for the previous things I talked about simply because some of those games give you infinite continues but I mean mm-hmm. are you going to sit with your at your NES for 8 hours until you get this done? I mean sometimes it's like no, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had I, I tried
0: really, really hard not to leave my system on overnight, especially with the capture device, knowing that it would be a huge file to deal with and upload. And I was forced to do that with uh, Mutant Virus. Uh, it does have infinite continues, but yeah, I just had to. I got to a point during the day where it's like I don't have time to do this. I got to go to work. I guess the system's staying on because I'm you know five levels into this already.
2: Yeah, and there's quite a few of those kind of games where it's just this. Yeah. This is too much. I know you wanted to save a buck, uh, but even passwords yeah. were a thing back then. You could have given us a password. It was just it was just brutally mean not to do it.
0: Yeah, so the two games I put on here for examples for lack of resources uh, were Treasure Master and Dragon's Lair, and I don't think most people have played either of these games, especially Treasure Master. But both of them, yeah. You just like what you start with is what you get. You will never be more powerful. There's no checkpoints. There's no continues. Like you just got to play through this whole thing in one sitting, uh, with nothing to help you along other than just learning the game, like through memorization after enough plays.
2: Treasure Master, I can kind of understand because there was that whole gimmick about the contest that went with it. Yep. Um, yeah. Dragons Lair is just a bad game.
0: <laughs> it, it is I, I don't want to defend it but i also think it's a misunderstood game because it looks like a platformer so everyone feels like it should play like a platformer but i i think you should look at it like a dragon's lair game not like a platformer like those games like it's like here's something it's going to kill you right away you gotta you gotta just learn where to move you've got five buttons that can save your life that one didn't work next time you will try a different one so you kind of come gotta come in with that kind of mindset for dragon's lair and I don't think you will enjoy it, but I think you might understand it
2: that way. I think I get it, but even Laserdisc Dragon's Lair, it's a bad game.
3: It's a
0: pretty game though, and it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like I said, I don't want to defend Dragon's Lair. I don't think it's a good game, but I do think it is not the action platformer it kind of presents itself as. Understandable. um here's the fun one uh this one i call twitch reflexes uh this is a game that just requires you to react very quickly all the time so some of the examples i have on here uh like you can put down most shoot ups i put down starship hector as just a, a big example of it um arkanoid was one where you have to just be on the ball constantly because that uh, you will miss your ball if you're not on it
2: on the ball and
0: to the uh <laughs> <laughs> to the earth uh which is uh, a light gun game where just the enemies coming at you are just so fast and so small that you you don't have time to really overthink it you just gotta play it enough that you're reacting as they appear on the screen basically um so i think we've all played some kind of twitch reflex game especially shoot ups like that's that's the easiest category to to uh, think of with that sort of uh, skill set
2: yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's like those games where you have to be in the zone, right? And yeah, either you are or you aren't. Sometimes if you're not feeling it, you just might as well turn it off because it ain't happening today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I for, a bit. Yeah, there, I don't. I'm not a, a shmup guy at all, but uh, uh, I've mentioned Super Hexagon before, and it yeah, the, that's hundred percent it. Where you just, it's like you you play five or ten times, and it's like you know what it is not my day and then you you got it because you have to be in that zone
0: yeah and like like i'm giving extreme examples of these but like mm-hmm. everyone that's played nes has played like something like contra and i think you'd have a little bit of this in contra as well or something mm-hmm. uh, along that lines
2: and i think you'll know those kind of games just anywhere because you you play them and you get to a point where you're just super frustrated and you put it down but like you come back fresh the next day and like bam you just hit it right off the bat where, again, it's yeah. just you have to have that right mindset or you're toast.
0: No, these games don't often uh, like build up into it. They're usually like pretty intense from the get-go.
2: Right, but I'm like, again, you either have that flow or you don't, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, next category. This one is unreasonable AI. This is when you have a CPU-controlled character that plays pretty close to perfectly and your <laughs> job is to beat them at something so i brought up elevator action earlier that it's that's a neat example of this because most of my other examples are like one ai so i had like bill elliott's nascar challenge in days of thunder because they have a computer ai that just wins every race and your job is to like beat that one guy but with elevator action you've got a whole building full of guys trying to kill you and The first two levels are actually pretty easy and and not too bad. And the third and fourth one, like, holy crap. They just, they're overwhelming and they're so fast and they like know what you're going to do. And they know if one shoots low and one shoots high, you have nowhere to hide. So they start doing these like multiple things together. Um, And it wasn't until I was like digging through forums for help on that game where someone who'd like broken down the uh, code was like, they have an aggression meter and it goes up to like 256 of course. And so when you start, it's like one through 10, 10 through 20. And then like level three, it's like, no, we're up to like 200 now. Like they're just maximum. (laughs) So, but you can actually cheat the AI in that game where if you find a safe spot, you can wait it out and their aggression like slowly goes up until it gets to that 256 and then it resets back to one oh. so like you've got to wait like r- like real time 15 minutes for it to like reset to one. oh wow uh, yeah so that game i had to use that method which seems kind of cheap but i like couldn't overcome it like stage four was just too intense i had to i had to go the cheap route for that one
2: well i think if it's can you built guys think in, of
0: any other examples of
2: that i was gonna say if it's built into the game it's fair if you ask me i mean you didn't program yeah that, thing, that's so that's always my uh my philosophy
0: if uh if they gave me this as a tool i i can use it i'm allowed to use it even though like sometimes like just farming lives can seem cheap in some games but i'm like they let me do it so it's it's fair
2: I can think of... I mean, I know this is not an NES game, but I, I. whenever you say things like this, the one that always comes to mind is Street Fighter Two, like the original. Sure, the boss. boss yeah. Well, yeah. even worse than that, you can watch, they do breakdown videos where the computer can literally do things you can't do. I mean, like, right. it, it's just impossible <laughs> for the player to do, like instant charge moves, right, right. Um, things that yeah. won't hit yeah, like, for the like, player yeah. but will hit for the computer. I mean, right. yeah
1: guile flash kicking from a standing position when you forward. jump at him.
2: <laughs> or walking forward like sonic booms you know what i mean
1: yeah right
2: right yeah and i know again that's not an nes game but yeah that's when they didn't have a way to make it intelligently more difficult so they just had to cheat yeah yeah
0: no that's a great example i i played uh not, not on the nes but i played uh, Street Fighter Two on the Master System before, and yeah, like <laughs> I don't know how you do that.
2: That's that's <laughs> insane, right? Or or games that read your inputs to decide what to do. Like to me, that sucks. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's that just made me think of um, uh, if I'm re- if I'm remembering correctly, and I think that I am. I remember playing Trojan and approaching a boss, and him backing up, and then I would back up, and he would approach me, and I was like. Well, how, how, how do I do this then if he's just going <laughs> to do the opposite of what I'm doing automatically?
0: I love those kind of interactions on the NES because uh, mm. it's like a little puzzle. It's like, how do I mm. manipulate this AI to do what I want it to do? And, right. and you like after you've beaten enough games, you kind of start to intuit that kind of stuff. So those style of games I, I feel like I'm really good at now mm. because when I run into a boss like that, I can try two or three things and one of them usually works to uh, make mm. him do what I want him to do and keep myself
2: safe. Gotcha. I love that kind of stuff. It's kind of like Pac-Man, you know, like back to the people that would decode, get really good at Pac-Man. Yep. Like there's certain ghosts that will just always do certain things. And if you know that, it, you you can really, you know, take advantage of it.
0: Take advantage of that. Yep, 100%. No, those are great examples. Um, so we got three left here. So the third last one is skill mastery. So I was mainly thinking of games that make you button mash at a higher than average degree to get through. So some of the examples I had here were Track and Field 2 and Gold Medal Challenge. Uh, And there's several other sports games that would fall under this uh, where, yeah, you just gotta like hit one button faster than either, typically they were meant so you could do it faster than a human opponent. But in the case of the single-player modes, uh, like you've got to do it at a pretty high level to beat whatever crazy uh, time or uh, jump or whatever kind of event you're in uh,
2: against the computer. And most people won't care about this because they would just use turbo. But... Yes. Of course, you didn't use turbo, so...
0: No, I... I and, like, through no... I don't know. Like I, I would consider... Gold medal challenge beaten if you used a turbo controller. I would not hold that against you. Just for my personal playthrough, I restricted myself to using just the standard controller, with very few exceptions. Like, you know, you need Rob to play this game. You need a light gun to play this game, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, some of them are just these kind of games.
2: Yeah, they're just made. Yeah, like like
0: when you play Mega Man, it helps if you can mash quick, but you can beat it without mashing quick. Whereas, like, track and field 2, it's like, no, you just got to get really good at mashing that button fast or you will not get through this game. Yep. Right.
1: And and you mentioned earlier the, um, uh, the uh, multi-classing. And when you said that, mm-hmm. the first thing that came into my head was, like, track and field. But then when you were talking about, like, the different styles of gameplay, like Battletoads and Biobili, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I still think of multi-classing and and skill mastery when I think of something like a track and field more so than something like a winter games which I've mentioned before that I'm a big fan of but it's not like a terribly difficult game um but I've I think I've told the story before one of the easiest
0: games in the whole system (laughs) yeah there's no there's no goals to beat you just play each
1: event right exactly you play you do some figure skating and you listen to some music and then in the bobsled and it's over yeah. um we just liked playing it because we had it and we played with it a lot um but i i told the story before about we would go to like my like uncle's house for you know like family you know like holiday things and the kids would all retire to the room with the nintendo and we would try to beat track and field too and it was like you know four or five kids and it was like all right you're good at this you're good at this and we would kind of like hop the controller around so like everyone oh, that's would, awesome yeah, so I and I was the uh, the skeet shooter. Um, so it, it came time to shoot skeet, and I was like, all right, skeet, Ulrich, you're going down.
0: Th- that's my favorite event in that game. I really like yeah. the skeet shooting. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah, um, I didn't mean to imply that, like, if I put a game here, like in Skill Mastery, that this is the only thing that makes it hard. Like, every single right. one of these games falls under multiple categories, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just get combinations that are really mean so right. like ra- random might not be too bad in a short game but if you have random and right. length like that's really brutal combination or if yeah. lack of resources and mm. complexity like that's that's kind of a mean two to put together and sometimes right. like, games fall into four or five or six of these in some categories mm-hmm. um so second to last one i have unusual controls uh so this is where i might put something like rob uh so Bear with me while I talk about this and see if you agree, Chris. Uh, so it's it's something like, like I feel if you played a, you know ten games on a standard controller, you develop some sort of uh, skill level with it, uh, even if you're not intending to. You just kind of get better at it. Uh, whereas things like like the Rob games, uh, Super Glove Ball, Street Cop, uh, you could probably put Miracle Piano under here. They just play completely different to anything else you're used to, and you have to kind of relearn how to even move the game and control the game. Do you feel like Rob would have a place in this one more than, more than any other category?
2: Um, Yeah. But then again, I would probably just put miracle in this category, right? Instead of having two different categories, I'd probably just have one um, because you're right, they're just weird peripheral games, basically. Right. I mean, you know, you're not using a standard NES controller, you have to use something completely different. Like, oh, I've used the Power Glove on this one, and the Power Glove's a piece of sure. crap, so good luck.
0: I agree that Miracle Piano has a strong pull to this category. The reason I have it on its own, though, is because instead of playing a game, like, you're learning sheet music and music theory and uh, rhythms and, and things that kind of seem beyond a game
2: I get where th- I think in to me in this category like Miracle Piano would be this to the nth degree right definitely the most yeah. difficult most complex version of this but honestly you know the other ones uh, like learning Gyromite is a much simpler version of the same thing you're learning to move rob around yeah. and balance these things on on <laughs> little oh boy, things, argue, yeah. and then you have to respin them again, or they're going to fall off. Yeah.
0: And one one thing I had to do with Gyromite that I didn't have to do with any other game was find a level in my house and make sure the platform he was on was perfectly level. Okay, because yeah. those gyros would not stand up. Yeah, yeah, I had to like wedge books under my. I had a little dresser I was using to prop them on, so I had to like wedge books under it to even it out. It was quite the ordeal.
2: Yeah, and and even these days, I mean, these are they're games that require a CRT. I mean, yeah, Yeah. you're not going to be able to beat this on your average emulator, so not legit. So, I I mean, that's just my two cents. I would just say, yeah, Miracle is probably the highest form of this, but yeah. Awesome. No, I appreciate that. That's
0: the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Because
2: I think if you put Miracle Uh, in its own thing, there's nothing to weigh against it, right? There's no ranking to do.
0: Yeah. true and like i said like i don't think anything belongs in one specific category like i do feel like it's got a strong pull here and like skill mastery it would have a little bit of that um yeah lack of resources because that game could definitely help you out a lot more
2: but let's be honest if you were a piano virtuoso you could be crap at a lot of nes but you could probably hammer out that would be the easiest you could hammer out miracle really quickly right
0: other other than it also does fall into the bad design glitches part because there's two that if you don't realize they're glitches they'd be unbeatable to a regular piano player who's playing the playing it flawlessly you still wouldn't beat two of the uh, lessons in there because the metronome's off in one and i forget what the other issue was with the other one like the sheet music didn't flip or something
2: right but i mean you haven't being a gamer your ranking of difficulty of these games is going to be very different than a person that had lots of piano skills walking in the door would.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I think so, Like you could bring in a professional pianist and this game would be unbeatable to them because they didn't recognize the game was wrong, not them.
2: I, I get that, but that I think they would also have the insight to go, wait a minute, this isn't working the way it should. Let me figure it out. They right. would know right away. No, the game is wrong. They, they
0: would know right away it's wrong but I yeah, they'd have to learn how to figure it out, which I don't know how complex that would be in that situation. That's an interesting scenario.
2: Yeah, because I'm thinking if you're learning it, you probably had to learn, "Oh, wait a minute. I've been trying and trying and trying. It's not me, it's the game." Whereas like if you really know how yeah. to play piano, you'd go da, da 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 da. "Hey, wait a minute. I know I'm doing this right." Yeah.
0: All right, you guys ready for the final category? All right. Is hidden objects or information. Uh, this <laughs> I this hate is games. Great. Thankfully, this is not happening often anymore. But man, there's there's a few examples of this back in the day. Um, and this is where something that is absolutely crucial for you to get through the game is literally invisible, or the game <laughs> just never tells you about it. Super pitfall. Two things. Yeah, super pitfall. So my my examples I had on here was Mylon's Secret Castle.
1: That's Decarian the only Warriors one I know of that does that, yeah.
0: And Dungeon Magic. Yeah, and this do sucks. In different ways. So, Bill, why don't you talk about Mylon for a minute then, since
1: you know. So, that. My, so Mylon, my brother, uh, loved this game, and uh, like we, we're very different. So, like, he loved it. I don't know why he would he would play it. I would watch him play it. And I would watch him just jump all over, like, every level. And I was like, there's nothing there. Like, why are you jumping, like, over, like, every area of every (laughs) level? And he was like, you don't know if there's nothing there or not. And then sometimes you would go over a space and then something would show up. And I'm like, so you're, like, Mm mind-sweeping, like, the entire level? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. So I, I never played it. I always watched him play it. But I always remember him telling me, like, yeah, there's things that you have to get that you can't see. And you have to, like, go over them for them to show up.
2: I knew games yeah, were tough I... when, like, back in the day, the game companies would offer to send you tips. Like, I remember with Milan Secret yeah. Castle, there was a thing, like, you could mail them and they would send you, like, tip information. Because they knew mm-hmm. the game didn't make any sense.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, I
0: don't understand how they ever thought yeah. that was fun.
1: Yeah. And and the yeah. thing is, th- and the thing is, there's there's examples of games that do this in a cool way where it's like, okay, you can get like extra stuff if you do that, like in DuckTales, you can go over yes. something and like you know like jewels or stuff show up and it's like, okay, cool, this is rewarding me, even though there's a thing that I can go get that I can't see right now, but not like a required thing to you know to progress. So in the game.
0: happy you brought up DuckTales, because yeah, that is taking that idea and doing it right, like rewarding you for exploring. Yep. Not punishing you for not touching every corner of the level. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I, I put Dungeon Magic on here as well, which which is kind of a different take on this idea. Uh, so mm-hmm. Mylon has literal objects you need to find to get through to the game. Whereas Dungeon Magic hides how the game works from you and doesn't tell you things. Uh, so... In Dungeon Magic, if you go to the inn, which is where you save, so like it's a thing you have to do to progress through the game, because there's no way you can sit through it one more go, or you know get your health back. Um, if every 16 times you go to the, this inn, all the enemies in the whole game level up. Mm-hmm. So so if you don't know that, and you're just like you know doing some exploring, didn't really fight anything, you're not getting experience. And you just save because you're done for the day. Or you're just going out and you died once and you're a little gun shy so you're just saving often. Like You're making the game harder on yourself but you don't even realize it. That's mean. Mm. That's very mean. Uh, There's also... uh, And the same thing, they don't tell you about this. uh, You slowly get weaker as you fight. (sighs) So every time you're fighting your attack power is going down and your defense power is going down. So when you're going through a tough dungeon... The further you get into it, the weaker you are, even though the enemies are getting stronger. But the game never explicitly tells you that. So you just feel like, you know, why am I hitting less often? Why am I hitting for 40 damage when I used to be hitting for 60? Mm-hmm. And like you just, because there's that random element too, like you can you can hit between a certain range. So it's just like, why am I getting all the bad ranges all the time to I have bad luck? And then that on top of the saves, like they're both working against you, which, mm. is, which is really mean. But if you knew about that, you could plan for it. If you don't know about that, like it just happens to be getting harder as you get further and you don't understand why.
2: Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I and some of those are like, okay, like Milan or Milan or whatever you say it, or, uh, or like Super Pitfall. Okay, if you want to hide things, make it, there are ways to train you. To look for that right you could make them a yes. lot of them early in the game where you would hit them you know you'd be guaranteed to hit some of them to go oh there's lots of hidden stuff i should watch for but they just don't even do that right it, it's just uh yeah they don't train you to do it and they
0: don't design the game in ways that like lures you to areas yeah. that you might you want to explore like they, they just put it wherever they want
2: yeah it's lazy programming yeah
0: yes absolutely so that that's my 13 classifications um, I, I think I'll probably knock it down to 12 I think you're selling me on maybe blending Miracle Piano in here a little better instead of giving its own category
3: <laughs> um,
0: beyond that uh, is there anything you think I overlooked or any category that didn't make sense or
2: needed a, needed a better description um I think when you said poor design, I I think I would just have something directly in that also just said glitchy or something. Because to me, poor design
0: could be... That was one of the subcategories. So I had the two subs in there. I had the bad controls and mechanics, and then the glitchy part was the second subcategory.
2: Yeah. I just think even in the... the Like if I was reading a book and I saw, oh, poor design, let me go to that chapter, I wouldn't consider glitches to be in that unless it was really spelled out for me it's just my two cents good bad or otherwise because when i think of poor design what i think of is like you just put things in bad places or you just didn't think about how the level was laid out but i think of glitches Mm -hmm. as the thing just wasn't debugged or it's just a mess because they didn't bother to program it correctly or whatever right
0: that makes a lot of sense no i appreciate that um yeah, one thing I didn't intend to mention too when we we're talking about poor design uh, was like we talked about like controls and mechanics that like make the whole game poorly designed because of one bad decision. But there's there are lots of games too where there's just like one small section of a level that's poorly designed that makes that like tiny chunk really hard. And the rest of the game, like, like I remember playing Werewolf and most of the game's not not too bad. But there's a platforming stage uh, with this waterfall, and like so, so you know waterfall stages on the NES they have logs that fall down when you jump on them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's got one of those kind of stages with like fish people jumping out of the water, like every <laughs> everything you can imagine in a waterfall stage is there. Um, and they they've got a little couple parts of it set up so that it's really almost impossible to time your jump to land on a safe platform without a fish guy jumping in front of you too. So they just set, kind of set things up and really poor spots to make that like five second part of this this whole game uh, extraordinarily
2: hard whereas the rest of the game is just average and i would i would uh, hmm. if it were me i think i would ditch the multi-classing category and here's why i don't think the games oh, okay. you put in there are hard because they're multi-class i think they're hard because of other reasons and let me give you another example contra sure would be a multi-class there are like running ones where you run into the screen mm-hmm. there's ones that scroll left to right there's ones you go up and down but I think most people think that it's a reasonably difficult game
0: I think do you like re- do you remember when you were a kid though like I like this happened to me a lot where I, I felt like I was really good at side-scrolling stages and when we went front to back like I died there every single time that's where I spent all my lives
2: I guess, but I I don't think that's... To me, that's not where the difficulty comes from. It's not, oh, I have to learn a different control scheme. It's like with Battletoads. No, I mean, it's just... They give you very... I mean, like, oh, instant deaths. Or uh, the hits hit you a lot. Or, like, Turbo Tunnel, you have to do it perfectly. Or... um you know like the rat race you just have to know the route 100 percent or you're done and you have to know the tricks about the route too or you're done that's a has nothing to do with the controls or like that part. it has to do with how they designed the game right or like bayou billy the famicom version of bayou billy isn't nearly as bad as the american one but because again they've just cranked the the hurt the amount of damage and things you take from things like sky high on the NES one. So I, I
0: definitely agree. It's not the only reason they're hard. And like, even though I put them mainly in the multi classing, like they still go into many other categories. Like I'd put Battletoads also in like lack of resources, uh, unreasonable AI at times, uh, skill mastery. But I, but I do think there's a significant hurdle in learning a whole bunch of different styles as opposed to one. Like, double dragon is uh, a hard beat-em-up but if you get if you get good at double dragon's first stage it will carry you through the whole game whereas if you get really good at bayou billy's first stage you still have to learn how to drive really well to get through that spot too
2: right but i mean the same thing could apply to there's other games that do that too that i don't hear you bring up i guess is what i'm saying that are the same idea right
0: throw some of them at me like contra was a good one and i and i do think it falls into multi-classing i just think it leans more into other categories first
2: sure but i'm you know again going back to contra i don't think people would say contra is hard because the way the stages work where one is left to right one is top to bottom one is in and out i don't think people would say that i mean at least i would never say that S-
0: sometimes people are wrong
2: though chris <laughs> well i know hey sometimes i'm wrong but i'll admit that um, I guess to me, I guess it would depend on how different, completely different okay. the skills are. Like, by your ability, there's three types of stages, right? So... Mm-hmm. If you can get good at doing those three, you should be able to go all the way through the game. But I don't find that that's the way it yeah. works.
0: I... I feel like what you just said makes sense, though. If you get good at all three of those styles, you should be able to make your way through the game. Like, the second stage in by your ability is not that much harder than the final stage, like they're all about the same difficulty, so if you can get good at one of them, you should be able to manage your way through the rest.
2: I don't know. Again, they've they've taken other pieces of difficulty and ramped them up to where Mm -hmm. I don't feel that's the case, right? You play the Famicom version, you go like, okay, I, I can do this and then I can learn the things and it's not as punishing and it's a little better balanced. Whereas and I understand the NES market was changed here to reflect the rental market they artificially made games harder here because they knew they would rent them and not buy the games and that's the case in a lot of these titles when you play the famicom yes so again i don't know if it has any i wouldn't say it's necessarily the category of the game it's just they've used some artificial inflation yeah. It's my it's my I, two cents. Yeah, obviously it's your list, you don't have to do anything with it. That's just my thought.
0: No, I do. I've just I'm trying to defend it. If I can't, I need to rethink it. Um yeah, my thoughts right now kind of are it's definitely a part of what makes the games difficult, but not the main part. So like if I took something like Battletoads and I wanted to write down each category of a go-in in order of relevance to the difficulty Multi classing might be the sixth thing down there that makes it hard. Like there's five other things that okay. that make Battletoads hard before getting to that, but I still do think it adds to the difficulty in some way. Okay.
2: I could see that maybe more of like a subcat, you know, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, your thing. But when I, thing. I think of when I, when that. somebody says battletoads, I don't go, well it's hard because man, learning how to use the turbo tunnel is so much so difficult. No, it's the the crazy timing is the difficult part, right? I don't know I've always like
0: for years now like when I think of Battletoads for difficulty I do think of like the first three stages in particular because they're all completely different and like I remember getting through the first stage and then the second one like it was dead instantly you got to figure this out now and then finally get through that it's like yes and then the third stage it's like dead instantly you got to figure this out so it did feel like starting a new game over every time I got to a new level basically.
2: Yeah, and I see where you're coming from on that completely. I would say that if they had designed a little better and given you a little more leeway, it probably would not have felt nearly as painful. Yeah.
0: All right. No, thanks, Chris. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. Um, So I asked you guys to bring three NES games that you've had challenges with over the years. Uh, And the reason I wanted you to do that uh, was so we could have a little conversation about them and see if I could fit them into these categories if they if they make sense with what i've got here or if i need to expand on anything so let's start with bill he's been quiet for a little bit let's let's get one of your games that that you brought
1: so uh these are so you said not to think too super hard about it just like yeah, three games just you from know, your so, own personal
0: experience yeah
1: yeah so there's probably only one of these games that people would think of as a difficult game or that you would see on some of those Awful Uh, lists that you've read. I I don't care what people think. I just want to know what Bill thinks. So this is one that I borrowed from a friend. I played it in the arcade for like a minute and I thought that the reason I died on it in a minute is because I only had one quarter. And I probably, you know, could have played longer if I had more quarters, but we borrowed ghosts and goblins, uh, from a neighbor. For sure. And uh it's it's you know, everyone's played ghosts and goblins. It was just one of these things that just uh, uh, felt super unforgiving um, needed precise timing or needed you to know the patterns or needed you to be able to react to them or, or you know probably like just a number of these combinations years later i thought well maybe it was just because i was younger <laughs> and blah 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 and uh, we were at the arcade one night it was me chris lance uh russ line you know i think like a handful of guys and we we're like all right let's just cycle cycle guys out like let's see if we can bang this out and we got farther than i've ever got in that game before but it was only like, you know, five or ten minutes farther than I'd ever made it. You know, like, uh, on <laughs> what my part own, did so. you guys
0: get to together? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I I couldn't tell you like the level, but it was it was not too much beyond like the first level. Like it we're still like we're like climbing up a mountain and there's like the tree, like the plants are like growing out at us still. So it was still very early on. Okay.
0: Do so you didn't get through like the city in the second
1: stage? No. Okay. no, I, it's I, I couldn't have told you that the game had a city in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how far we've made it. So, so yeah, just, just, you know, it's one of these things that if you probably like hammer away at it for a bit, or or at least if someone with these, my skill level hammers away at it a bit, you like, I I did feel myself getting better at it and it is very much by experience. So you're like, okay, well I keep dying when I do that. Let me figure something else out type deal. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of trial and error in it, but yeah, I, I could, you know, I, I could never make it very far in ghosts and goblins.
0: Yeah. So I think ghosts and goblins has a bit of bad design in it for sure um mm. with how the enemies move compared to how you can move mm. um and some of that unreasonable ai too with especially with like the red aramers, um mm. they are just really really mean at some of the bosses too um i <laughs> yeah ghost and goblins is a very hard game um but i feel like they give you a lot of resources so if you're willing to bang your head against it long enough cuz they give mm. you checkpoints and limited continues um, that's the way to get through it uh, i've seen people play it that are really good at it and i can't imagine the time they've put in to get that good like that game has a really high skill ceiling to get through if you want to do it in the one set of lives that you start with it's just brutal oh that's a great
2: choice thanks for bringing that one um chris how about you what do you got okay some of these we've already talked about but the same thing i just Sat down, and I thought, what are the ones that jumped to my mind? So these are, my experience, the ones that jumped to my mind. And the first one's Bayou Billy. I mean... Awesome. It's just one of those games that we rented a lot. And we wanted to really like this game. Because it had some really cool stuff. Like, the graphics were good. The fighting was fun enough as an NES game back in the day. Uh, Best voice clips you've ever heard? Yeah, I mean, it did really have pretty good... I mean, no jokes (laughs) aside, it did. It was kind of a cool like right like this mean guy has stolen your girlfriend and it had different stages that was kind of neat and cool like oh we can use the zapper on this stage but it was just ridiculous i mean just painfully hard and just this is it was just wasn't fun and we i remember one time we rented it and we just like stayed up all night just kept passing the controller passing it (laughs) and i think we eventually beat it after i don't know probably six seven hours
0: that's impressive you beat some games as a kid that just kind of blow my mind sometimes and i'm gonna add this to that list of them because but this crazy. was just brute force i mean, it was just
2: because n- you have unlimited continues if i remember right and um no you don't talk about okay ability, then i sure. guess we just hammered yeah. through it enough times where we eventually got there but it sucked. Yeah. i didn't feel good i don't think we, either of us felt good about beating that game <laughs> it was like just thank god we're done no you didn't have that moment of triumph at the end no, i think we were both just done like oh my god you know because ah. that was it when you're a kid you rented that one game and that's the one you had for the weekend and just what we did and oh man yeah. that's
0: so sad that you didn't have that like moment at the end where you just like you know jumped in the air and high-fived and time froze for a second no <laughs> <laughs> you ever had the situation where you're just like i'm just glad this is
2: over you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Did you do you remember if you guys had trouble on the driving stages? Because I remember I remember if the shooting stages weren't too bad, but the driving stages I actually had a lot of problems uh, kind of getting them down consistently.
2: I think that was okay. I'll be honest; I've not spent a lot of time with Bayou Billy since then because it left such a bad taste in my mouth. But was yeah. it that you would get take too much damage on the driving stage, or you would run out of time? Remember uh, I how think it work.
0: was damaged there was like a plane dropping bombs on you or something
2: yeah and i try to remember like you're driving the jeep and you like chuck grenades up or whatever is how you yeah. fight right and yeah i don't know it was not a great driving game to start with no. but um like the beat-em-up part was i mean if it hadn't been so brutal it was kind of fun to be honest yeah and that's yeah, why it's awesome i've played the famicom version a little more never bothering to try to beat it Because I, again, I just, at this point in time, I don't care anymore. But if I want a taste of Bayou Billy, that's what I'll go play. Because it's actually not, I want to rip the cartridge out, just throw it across the
0: room. Awesome. All right, I think we've talked about Bayou Billy quite a bit already. Uh, So let's jump to Bill's next one.
1: Uh, yeah, so again, this is one that we just played a lot as kids, and you know, I could never beat, and then eventually beat it when I was in high school, and it was a very, very proud moment for me. And this is Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and Sweet. this is this is a game that starts off not difficult at all. You know, like really lets you kind of like get your feet wet with, uh, you know, like figuring out Glass Joe, and he's you know he's 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 a he's a pushover and then you know right away like kaiser gives you like a little bit of uh you know lets you know that there's guys that can fight in here and it's really 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 fun uh just figuring out the patterns and figuring out like weaknesses and finding secrets and it's been a long time people have played this game forever and like so like almost every secret has been kind of unearthed and you got you know like the speed running community like you know taking the game apart but this was a game that we always loved playing and we would always get to kind of there was always like the guy who like you hadn't hadn't been to a ton and then this, you, you would have to spend some time on it like the second time you get to piston honda and you had to like re-figure him out or like the first time you get to bald bull and you had to figure out the bull charge yeah. and then so so for me like a lot of that and then like you get to flamenco a second time and then so there, there's some cool like you know revisions and you got to kind of change the way you're thinking but then for me it was always getting up like soda popinski was where it started to get funky because he's just so awkward and i would like want to dodge but it wasn't the right time to dodge and then he like <laughs> his body's so big and weird like he would like when he would duck down to do the uppercut he would duck down to like such a small thing and he would kind of like, you know, pop, like everything about it just kind of like threw me off and like made me feel weird. So like that, that always kind of got me. And then, so it was you know,
0: that, the way you're talking about, uh, sort of Popinski for me, was Don Flamenco where okay. I was like, he's blocking everything. Like I can't yeah. do this in the time <laughs> limit. I <laughs> keep running out of time and he wins by decision. Cause I keep missing. And like, yeah, yeah. I'm, never, I'm never getting really frustrated with him.
1: I remember, you know, because before the age of the internet, like, when we're playing this, you know, like, the year it came out, like, I, like, you know, the, the only way you knew how to do it was how you saw your buddy do it or, like, how you tried to do it. So I would be at, like, you know, my cousins, and I would just be, like, dying, and they were like, oh, dude, let me show you something, and they'd show you, and you just felt like a warrior when you get in there yeah. and, like, actually, like, take someone down. And then when you figured out... Like, even, like, to, like, you know, even, like, just, in just recent years, you figure out, like, oh, like, Kaiser, like, you can get a star, like, if you body punch the direction he goes down, you know, there's all these different things you can learn about it, and then it just becomes about, you know, how, how far can you get, and so, for for me, like, younger, like, Soda Popinski always gave me trouble, and then when I was able to get further than that, then it was, um, Sandman, and I, even though you could do passwords, I didn't like doing that because I felt like playing it from the beginning got me into the flow and the rhythm of the game. Okay. I didn't like just jumping straight in with the password on that. I do in other games, like a Metroid or something, where like you have like a lot of like things you're collecting and like you gotta g- gather your progress. But I always really like starting uh, a Punch Out from the beginning, except when I was just deciding I'm just gonna go in and see if I can get Mike Tyson right now. Uh, and then you would just go straight to Mike Tyson and try him over and over again. And I'm, I'm not, I've am I'm i never been like a Twitch uh, player. So I would jump to Tyson and I would just fail at him for, you know, like 20, 30 minutes. And my cousin's always like, you just got to dodge those punches for like a minute and a half. And I'm like, yeah, that, it might as well be an hour <laughs> because I can't, I cannot, you know, I, I like, oh, you dodge when he flashes. You're still not helping, Jerry. <laughs> this is, I, I can't do it. So, you know, as I got older, I I, you know, and it's like, I know what I have to do, but it's like, it's, it's the fake, like his like feet start going. And then I dodge and he hasn't punched yet. And I'm like, well, I might as well just be on the mat right now, you know? So you just get like Chris was saying, and then Kelsey too, you just kind of have to be in that zone. And like, you're, you're hitting your dodges, right? Cause once you make it through that first portion, you can really like you know start figuring your your game out so i never beat it when i was a kid but i i grabbed a top loader nes in high school and i was dating this girl and i was such a romantic i was like how about i bring the nintendo over and like we'll hang out tonight <laughs> so i brought the nintendo over we're in her basement and i beat mike tyson i tko odin in in the second round and i remember like i i was as happy as i've ever been i just i couldn't stop talking about it like, the next day, I was like, hey, you remember when I beat Tyson last night? <laughs> so I did get that, like, satisfaction. He said he's never of, seen like...
0: someone with thumbs as fast as me. <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I should I should tweet at him be like, yeah, good game, buddy. It was, uh, it was a <laughs> well-fought match. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, again, it's probably not something that people consider, you know, to be, like, a, a super difficult game. But we had lots of, you know, lots of... Uh, not controller chucking because we're not controller chuckers in our house, but you know we we'd get as far as we could, and then it was like, ah, oh, not to, not today's not my day type deal, but glad we powered through.
0: I remember when I was first learning how to beat Tyson, also as an adult, and it re- was able to do that as a kid. Uh, hmm. That first minute and a half, uh, it was it was more the anticipation of the punches that I was like 100%. psyching myself out than Absolutely. actually. If I just would have been able to pay attention, I think it would have been fine. But it's just like I'm so scared it's going to happen. I'd make stupid mistakes because a minute yeah. and a half is a long time when you're under that kind of stress.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I and, was, I, I'm was constantly pre-dodging, and then sometimes he'll go, yes. and then sometimes he'll go again real quick. So if you get that first dodge, you're like, I got this. And then you dodge again, and he hasn't punched yet. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, and yeah, You can see it happening yeah. before it happens. Yeah. So the, fir- the first time and, I
0: beat him was by decision and that just felt like crap i was like oh I didn't, <laughs> didn't knock him down like this doesn't count yeah, and I, rem- I had to redo it because I, I didn't feel like that was a win
1: i remember reading in i don't know what publication when i was younger i don't know if it was nintendo power or some other you know game tip magazine or whatever but i remember reading in like official publications it is not possible to to ko or tko mike tyson the only way to beat him is by decision And I, and like, that's, and that stuck in my head is like, oh man, like that, that's, that's gotta be brutal. And then, you know, a little time went by and it's like, no, you know, people are TKO in this guy, you know, like it's, it's possible. So, but it was, it, it at least made me feel better that like, okay, like, you know, it's not just me, like nobody can do this, but you know, then obviously it became, you know, known that it is possible, but yeah, that was, that's one that I always, always, you know, always have memories of uh uh at any stage in our nes careers you know being like five or six years old playing it when it first came out playing it at eight or nine at you know like a birthday parties where it's like oh every you know everyone's got that friend oh jimmy's really good at this you know like wait like let's let's let let's watch him play and all the way up through like my teenage years when i finally finished it but uh but yeah tyson is uh is one that we always went back to because and and i I want you know if it wasn't difficult if there were no difficulty spikes it probably wouldn't be memorable
0: yeah yeah that game part of the yeah memory is definitely the challenge 100 um so i'm just trying to think where i would plop that one down and i think probably a lot in twitch reflexes a little bit in the skill mastery and there's even Mm -hmm. some hidden hidden objects or information in that game with how like you earn the stars and things
1: yeah 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 so yeah for uh, twitch for sure um uh and and skill uh, i mean skill mastery it's I, I don't know if i'd say skill mastery but i don't i can't think of no, another... not in the
0: same sense where we were talking about like mashing a button but in the sense right. where it's all about timing so it's all yeah. like you, you have to be you have to know when to hit that left or block or or right or you're going to take a huge hit Uh, So there's a lot of memorizing patterns, which I guess I I would put under Skilled Mastery as well.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: Chris, what's your second one? Okay, it's another one we've talked about already, but again, another one we rented (laughs) a lot when I was young and couldn't figure out, and that was The Immortal. So I'll be really curious to hear about The Immortal soon. The Immortal seems like a game that just requires so much memorization, we could just never. So, so you
0: you picked one of the literal two games I can't talk at like, any length about. So where would you put it on all of this?
2: Well, again, to me, it, it, the tough part is like, okay, you have two parts of the game. One part is just literally memorization. You just have to remember, go here and you do this part or don't go there. You're just instantly dead. There's tons of instant deaths in this game. I mean, the game loves to do it to you. And the only other thing is the combat, which the combat is like this big blown up one versus one where you like swipe. I've seen
0: pictures of it. It looks neat.
2: Yeah, like the enemy swipes and you have to dodge or swipe. And you can kind of get the hang of that to a degree, but it's just the pure crazy amount of memorization that's required that just turned us off. And I just honestly, because I just don't like to play games like that. I just don't. So
0: is it like kind of like something like Shadowgate, where like everything's meant to kill you and you're just supposed to know next time okay don't do that thing i just did pretty much
2: i mean it's like you're yeah. walking around in this you know isometric environment but like you step here you're dead right or you push this button you're dead and <laughs> i mean it's just like is it a big red button with a bullseye no, but I mean, like, you're like, how am I supposed to know any of this? There's nothing like, oh, leading like, oh, wait, oh, I saw that thing. Ah, now I know not to push that button. No, it's just, did you learn that's the one you're not supposed to push? <laughs> or that's the one you're supposed to do? It's like a Dragon's Lair kind of thing uh, with a little I combat was just thinking about it. And I don't know, to me, that's not a game. That's not fun. I don't enjoy it. It's a big <laughs> game of memory
0: um i i I meant to bring this up when we talked about unusual controls uh i meant to bring up isometric games there too because for us in in north america they're they're not the common standard uh so would you would you fit it under there a little bit too just because it's it's not a side scroller or it's not a top down
2: yeah i mean it's definitely isometric and you're right that was a bigger thing in europe and i think that's where this game came from um yeah uh, it looks really pretty for an NES game, and it even looks even better on the 16-bit machines, uh, where I also played it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but it's the same. It's the it's same the doggone game. So if you could, I'm sure if you could beat it on the NES, you could just go straight to the other one and beat it probably about the same same way, no problem.
3: Right.
2: But again, it's just to me, it's just not fun, and it's just memorization. So have fun. And I, don't get wrong. Again, there's some combat that you have to learn, so it's not. It, there is some gameplay to it. But it's just totally. We I remember we rented it. We because we wanted to get farther because it looks good. Like the graphics are cool. We're like, oh, we really kind of want to see where this goes. But you just got to point we're like this sucks. I don't want to play this anymore.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay, Bill, what's your your last one?
1: So my last one is another one that we love, and I don't think people consider this to be difficult, but it, you know certain parts of it gave us fits over the years, and I never ended up beating this, and you're going to be very disappointed in me for never finishing I, I it. I could but... never be disappointed in you. <laughs> It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Okay. No, not disappointed so... at all, man
1: we we love this game i love uh, uh switching between the turtles like having the different abilities different weapons just um, let me
0: ask you this for you go on did yeah, you yeah. make it did you make it past the dam the underwater bombs yep yep point? that's all i want yep. from you no disappointment yeah. at all you're <laughs> a hero
2: the only way i could ever so, beat this game and i owned it and i played a lot was doing the trick where you can get 99 scrolls that was the only way I could ever beat this game, so mm. don't feel bad. And I felt like that was okay. kind of cheese, but it was the only way I could do
0: by, it. By trick, do you do you just like go in and out of a building yep. and like respawn them? Yep. Okay.
2: <laughs> and you can get ninety nine scrolls.
0: That that's yeah, that's not cheating. They let you do that. You're allowed to do it. Uh, yeah, I mean I get it, What's but built in.
2: It, it's kind of cheese like the last few <laughs> levels are uh, freaking horrible. but yeah. Go ahead.
0: Scrolls without scrolls, going through the technodrome. Oh my, you can, you can, you can limp through with boomerangs too if you accidentally pick those up, but like any other ability and you're screwed. That place is rough.
1: So yeah, we, we love this game. Uh, I mean, everything about it, like music, sound, um, even like, you know, some of the early, the early Bebop, uh, Rocksteady boss fights, you know, even though they're simple, we, we really enjoy this game and then we would get to the dam and there was something so, uh, you know, like nerve wracking about whether it was like you know the uh the sound of the electrocution <laughs> uh, it's
0: got that yeah, really intense music too
1: Yep. so and it was it was really cool you know like d- diffusing all the bombs and like you know you had to find the hidden one and you know like getting through the electricity like it was always just like a tense and it felt like you know even though there was still a lot of game left it felt like like in my head like a halfway point even though it wasn't but, like, it was, like, you know, going from, like, the first area to the next. So if we could get by that, we were, we were feeling pretty good because we couldn't always do it. And then, you know, you'd switch from one turtle to the next to, you know, keep the life bar, uh, you know, the virtual life bar going. And then you got into the next area. And we, since we didn't get there, you know, all that often, we, it, the big thing for us was, like, okay, like, where do we go? And where's the thing? And how do we get around to the place we got to get? And we've got the scroll before. And that was always, like... Like in our minds, like that was beating the game (laughs) because that's like as far as we could get. And then we were happy that we got the scroll. And I remember watching uh, the Fred Savage movie, The Wizard, and when like the dad, uh, Bo Bridges, like who's (laughs) always giving Christian Slater crap about playing video games. And then Christian Slater wakes up in the middle of the night and Bo is playing Ninja Turtles and Christian turns the Nintendo off on him. And he's like, Oh, what are you doing? I just got the scroll. I was like, There is no way that this dad, who has never <laughs> played games before, was able to make it all the way to that level and get the scroll. But uh, but yeah. So it's we, we never, you know, made it further than that. I had to like and there wasn't YouTube back then, so all we could do was look in magazines and read about, you know, how you would go on and beat the rest of it. But I've actually to this day never seen what that game looks like, uh, to complete it.
0: Whoa. You should check it out.
1: Cool. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's great. Great, great memories of it's that a, game. It's one of my one of my, my favorite games that I love to pop in and play. But. It's an
0: ending that makes no sense if you know anything about the Ninja Turtles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it then.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, like, yeah, no disappointment. That game is legitimately hard in the back half. Uh, the thing that frustrates me when people talk about that game is they kind of talk about it to the dam and then stop. And I don't think up to that point is very challenging. Like if you just yeah. switch your turtles, you've got four of them. So you have four lives. Just don't right. kill one of them under the water. Like if you get low on health, switch to another turtle. It's yeah. Right. That part uh, is very doable if you try it more than once. And I think most right. people try and, it and once and die because it's, you know, it's, a, it's technically a maze, but it's fairly straightforward.
1: Right. So Yeah. Cause yeah, cause, cause you cause you can't see like uh, there's there's uh, uh you can't see um you know multiple bombs from like you know like your perspective on the screen and the seaweed hurts you and there's like the flashing electricity that hurts you mm-hmm. and if you uh you have to defuse all the bombs and there's one that's kind of like not like super obvious you kind of gotta like you know make your way like kind of like around to it or it's like you know it's 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 missable but it's one of those things that you're right like we would you know we'd play it a couple times you would die and it's like all right you know like do we do we want to you know try this again type deal so once we kind of figured out oh let's just switch turtles the other thing too is you'd be if you'd be playing um uh like you know me and my brother would be playing and you'd have like a turtle that has like full health and my brother would like grab like a half a slice of pizza or like a full pizza and I'm like what are you doing that turtle's <laughs> already full health you got to switch to the low health turtle so you got to do your your life management
0: if if you really want to game that game here's some hidden information that they don't tell you is if your turtle is under half health they do double the damage
1: oh i did not know that
0: donatello since he's got that reach he's one of the weaker
1: turtles if you get
0: him to less than half health he doubles his damage so he's actually pretty brutal
1: I always thought he did the most damage, but maybe it's because no. I was always such low health because <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> not R- good.
0: Raph does the most damage because he's got the shortest reach. But so if you get uh, him with uh, less than half health, he does crazy damage. He's
1: just hard. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to give that a try because every like you know, I always just assumed Donatello did you know so much because you know that was just like my personal experience with him. But it's interesting to to hear that. Um, also I, I feel like I see him used in like any time I've ever kind of like popped on a quick, you know, like speed run or whatever. I feel like he's yes. used like so much, but it's mainly because the reach. of his
0: reach. Yeah. So you'll yeah. notice, especially, uh, when they usually play the game through to the dam with a different turtle and then they use Donnie in the dam cause they can take damage without getting any knockback. So they drop mm-hmm. his health down to less than half while he's in there. Mm-hmm. And then he's much more useful in the back half of the game for those guys
1: gotcha I, I always play with Leonardo in the front half of the game uh, like mainly because I mean obviously I like Leonardo he's great but like the the sound of the katana uh, in yeah. in that game is is awesome and I, I love I love the like that the the swoop is like animated so you have like your forward swoop and then like the up swoop like I just there's so many nice little nuanced details <laughs> in that game that I appreciate so much.
0: Yeah, the only turtle that sucks just all around is Mikey. Uh, he's got bad range and bad damage. So you'll notice yeah. in speedruns too, I don't know if they... Have, I haven't watched them in a while, so I don't know if they have new techniques. But usually when you went up to get the scroll... or Not the scroll, sorry, the missiles for the the, mm. the turtle wagon in the one level, they'll do it with, with Michelangelo at one health. And then as soon as they get it, they kill him so that you exit the building quicker <laughs> than actually going through it because he's useless for the rest of the game.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, where would I put turtles here? So there's definitely a lack of resources because uh, there's no continues in that one. Um, mm. There are there are some things to it- help, like the power-ups, and you can save some of the turtles in certain areas. Um, there's hidden information, like I just told you about, they're uh, their getting stronger when they're less than half-health. I don't think that's common information.
1: No. Uh, yeah, I certainly, certainly didn't know that.
0: There's some randomness to it uh, whenever you start the game there's one of three possible locations the technodrome could be so when you get to the last stage sometimes you just hit two spots wrong and you have to go through mm-hmm. you know 30 minutes more a game than you would if you went to the right spot and it's very challenging mm-hmm. stages too so you definitely want to try and get the, the first one at the right time yeah that, I really love that game I'm glad you i brought it up so I, i'd be it. i'd be
1: curi- I'd be curious where you would play so like let's say uh like when you talked about um something that's uh That's not designed, or sorry, not designed. Sorry, something that's not explained properly. Um, mm-hmm. Would you put an asterisk in there, or say that it was uh, explained if it was in the instruction manual, but just yeah. not in the game itself?
0: Yes, I, w- I would count that as as I wouldn't put that as hidden information. Then, like right. for ex- a good example of that would be uh, Adventure Island. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a hidden B, the Hudson Soft B, and if you get that B it gives you infinite continue. So without that B, you got to beat the game on three lives, but the manual tells you, Hey, find the B on level one, two. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey,
2: you got, you got that tip. Go use it. Gotcha. All
0: right, Chris, what's your last one?
2: Okay. I could go on and on. So I had to keep trimming (laughs) this to some degree, but I'm going to go with another one that I rented a lot and was so obtuse. I could never get anywhere. And that was ultimate Exodus. Um, okay that's a new one we haven't talked about this was one where i was like I, again it seems like it should be cool and like oh like rpg it's kind of neat and it was very different mm-hmm. and but that was the problem though uh, uh, it was just so obtuse i'm like there's phases of the moon and stuff going on
0: <laughs> oh god those moon gates are so hard to figure out even when you have the paperwork that came with them that tells you how they work—they're still hard to decipher.
2: Yeah, and and it really doesn't. If I, I'm guessing with the manuals of it, and I remember they even sold a hint book you could send away for, which of course I yeah. didn't do because I didn't own the game. I just rented it, and uh, I just I, you know at the time I didn't know. like, am I just dumb? Am I not getting something? But no, I just think if you don't have the right stuff, it's just way too obtuse, and it doesn't bother to explain anything to you about what you should be doing or how you should be doing it in the game and i yeah that's why i put it here because it's a computer game that was brought to the nes uh i'm sure if you completely understand what you're supposed to do it probably makes pretty good sense but somebody just picking this up and playing it good luck man just good luck yeah
0: i I think almost every rpg um kind of fits into complexity and length I think those are both hurdles right off the bat but I I think like you mentioned Ultima especially Exodus uh suffers a bit from that hidden information where it's like I just don't know what I'm supposed to do like hardly ever
2: yeah I mean like, you didn't
0: talk to that one NPC in that one town at the specific time
2: but like Final Fantasy did a pretty good job of kind of letting you know where to go and it was fairly well directed right yep. there was only certain directions yeah. you could go. And this one, no, I I just yeah.
0: The the Ultimas are are basically like proto open worlds. Like yeah, they kind of want you to be able to go anywhere, even if you don't have any reason to go anywhere.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't understand like certain characters would have spells, but now I'm out of spells, and I didn't understand why or how could I get more spells. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with everything you said. I think they really
0: did. A good job, like Ultima f- uh, Four, is one of my favorite NES games. And Exodus, I wouldn't put in, you know, the top four hundred. Like it's, it's bad. Uh, it's yeah. so crazy to me how much of a quality jump there was between those two games, and and they have the same idea. They just one did it well, and the other one didn't. Yeah, and then and the I one after that did it, it, it poorly was... again.
2: But Ultima XS is basically like the first Ultima game. Isn't that right? Am I thinking correctly? No,
0: that is the third one. Plus, if you count a Calabeth, it kind, it's kind of the fourth one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, it's just the first one we had in the NES. Yeah. The ones before that, I, I was reading about them in that CRPG book uh, I was talking about earlier this year. And they sound wild. Like, they just put everything they wanted in there. Like, they start off as fantasy games, but it's something like, no, we're going to go to space now. We're going to do some time travel. And,. They just like, were all over the place.
2: Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that's I know like that hint book now is worth money if you've got it. Because, you know, obviously those sort of things didn't get a lot of copies produced. I've seen yeah. pictures of it. But I, mean, I can understand why. If you had bought this game, I would have totally sent away for a hint book. Because how else could you have ever understood it? Um, I'm going to bet yeah. there was probably a lot of Nintendo Power calls, right? People were calling the line and going, help me! Probably because
0: I think like the series was really popular on computers, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of players heard about it and like, oh, this you know has a good reputation. Let me try it. And, yeah, and everything you said is true. Like it's just hard to figure out what to do in that game, and it's there's a lot to do
2: in it. So I'm gonna be curious. I don't know how you're gonna wrap this up, but I mean, I would be curious to hear a couple from you. Like these are what I, having played all these things, these are the real toughies that you need to watch out for.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I wasn't prepared to talk about that, but give me one sec here. I am gonna open up a Google Doc that I, I take these kind of notes in. Okay. And, right. Um, I've I've got a well, list. I mean, it doesn't have F- to be perfect, that, uh, but you know, I just like a no, few that no, to mind. it won't be. Well, the championship pool always comes to mind. Akari Warriors uh, jumps to mind. The mutant virus uh, is up there. Uh, Star Force and Arkanoid. Um, We're up there. Last Starfighter was a really tough one. Um, Man, I know I'm missing some that are going to drive me nuts. Uh, Yeah, give me a sec. I want to pull up this doc and make sure I'm not missing anything crazy.
2: You're okay, because, again, I'm thinking, like, if you were going to write this, you would put, like, here's this chapter, right, and it's this category, and then you would say, okay, here's the games that fall into that primarily in this category, and I'm going to rank them. And I'm gonna tell you why they fall yeah. into this category, right? Hundred
0: percent. Yeah. So we talked a bit about Mock Rider and uh, Miracle Piano today as well. Those ones I'd have very high. Uh, here's one that we haven't really talked about ever that that I would put probably in our top ten is High Speed, the pinball game. Oh yeah. Okay. That one is brutal, and it's it's hard to classify that one too because I want to say, you know, it's artificial difficulty because I'm trying to get the uh, – there, there are two objectives I was trying to do with that one. So there's a high score on it, and the high score is the most insane high score <laughs> on the whole system if you want to be on top of the leaderboard. It's like – I might get this wrong, but something like $200 million. It's just crazy. And there's also – if you hit the right uh, – you know how you play a pinball game and you can unlock different uh, – pinball games have like a story you're trying to, to do? Mm-hmm. So on the high speed table, uh, you can actually launch a spaceship and it gives you a little cut scene where it's like, hey, you launch the ship, here's the fireworks. So I was like, oh, that sounds like how you would do the, the, the biggest uh, story part of the pinball table. So I was like, I want to do that and do the high score in one run. So that was extraordinarily hard to do because you only get the three balls and then whatever else you can earn through free plays. And they also have... Like it's the stupidest mechanic ever. They have enemies that come and attack your ball on the table. Uh, the game would probably be a little fun if if you could just play pinball, but they have yeah pinball with bad guys that attack you, which is stupid. Um, Mission Impossible, the Konami game, uh, really really tough one as well. Athena is up there. Hmm. Um, Airwolf. That one's a tough one. I don't hear much about um, Elevator Action we talked about. Oh, Bump and Jump. That's a really good one. That's super, super tough. Uh, But it's also like the funnest tough game because it's actually like plays well and like it's supposed to. Uh, They just don't give you a lot of lives to do all the levels. But uh, but Bump and Jump, really, really fun, uh, even though it's hard. Uh, To the Earth uh that one we mentioned a little bit today it's it's up there for for difficulty uh hubert top gun second mission uh was really hard i got stuck on that one for quite a while
2: because you can't use the Uh,
0: cheese from the first one you can't cheese it that i was able to figure out and thankfully it's very very short that was the like saving grace of that one because it everything will kill you there's missiles coming from every direction constantly and they're very very hard to dodge um bill elliott's nascar uh was really tough because of bill elliott himself <laughs> uh he just he wins every race so if you don't have a perfect season he's he's gonna beat you um Boulder Dash was another really really tough one uh because you have to loop that game four times and every loop is harder than the last one Uh um, so the last The last two loops are very, very challenging on that game. Um, Yeah, that's that's some of the ones that... uh, I'm not going to try and rank them in any order. Those ones uh, definitely come to mind as ones that uh, I think are extraordinarily
2: challenging. Okay, and then on the flip side, what are the ones that get all the attention for difficulty that uh, do not deserve... The, oh, the Silver like Surfer
0: that. is hands down the one that gets the most uh, press for the least amount of challenge. So why that one far and away? Because uh, of that AVGN video. Like it's it's a shoot 'em up. All shoot 'em ups are inherently a little bit hard. But like it controls fine. The enemies are reasonable. Uh, when you get you get a power up that shoots uh, three spread. Um, which is pretty good once you have that like you're you're in a good spot and it's not hard to get that power up Uh, i remember when i first so so i had when i initially started playing all the ns games i did a little challenge with myself i was like i want to beat 100 games in 100 days and so i started off with like yeah i started off with a whole bunch of stuff that i just knew i could slam out i was like i can do mario one two three in a day i can do Mega Man one two three in a day i can do Mega Man four in a day five in a day six in a day you know ducktales chippendale like games i knew really well so i just burned through 100 and then i thought what are what are the hardest games on the system so i started looking into lists and i got you guys to recommend me some i remember you recommended me zanuck yeah check that one out and and it was legitimately harder than the top 10 hardest games i was finding on all these lists (laughs) which were like Uh, It's things like, we talked about a bunch of them too, like Battletoads, Ghosts and Goblins, Punch-Out, Contra. Ninja Guy like I see
2: that all the time. Like that is not even close to one of the hardest games.
0: No, and that one, it has Infinite Continues, which is, uh, I think if it didn't have that, then you've got a really good uh, shot at like really good case of making it really a hard game Uh, but with infinite continues it's like you just bang your head against the last stage until you do it it's not that bad um yeah silver surfer kept showing up and so i made this list of games it was 10 games that i thought were the hardest from what i gained by asking you guys and looking around lists online and so silver surfer i sat down with like just expecting a nightmare and I played it a bunch the one day to get a feel for it. And then the next day I beat it almost on one credit and on wow. the second time playing this game ever. Like I got shot like in the second last stage or something. And, and other than that, I didn't get hit during the game. It's like, that can't be the hardest. And then I played Zanuck right after that, which I'd never heard of at the time. And I was like, this is way hard. This is going to take a lot more work to learn and figure out and how the power-ups work and the enemies are, are different every time. Um, yeah, um, I, I just think that when people talk about difficulty, they don't take into account the resources you get sometimes, so I automatically would exclude almost any game that gives you infinite continues. I'd say that's not even in the conversation. So if you're talking about Ghosts and Goblins or <clears throat> Adventure Island or Ninja Gaiden, like we, just, we remove those from the list completely.
2: Yeah, I would think Does that makes sense. Yeah, I think of other ones that, you know, like, again, he brought to the zeitgeist would be like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, it's not a great game. Yeah, I don't think it's the hardest game in the universe or anything.
0: No, it's not the hardest and it's not the worst. Um, it would be forgettable if, yeah, AVGN didn't make a funny video of it, you know, 10 years ago. Right.
2: And then I think of the ones where I never put much time in. To, I mean, like I'd have to even ask you because, like, I've probably never put more than a couple minutes into like Frankenstein. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? That game's kind of tough. It's, it's got some hard moments, and like the last boss fight against Frankenstein is uh, is a big one. It's it's really challenging, um, but it's short, uh, which is the saving grace of a, a lot of tough games. Is they're like twenty minutes long when you actually finally finish them like like dragon's lair is a very hard game but the playthrough like when you finally beat it it's nine minutes long (laughs) so like it's not like you're you're talking about hours and hours and hours uh, worth of game that you've got to figure out you've got to figure out how to play nine minutes you have three lives or something in that game so you 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 can make a couple mistakes in there too Um, but even when people talk about hard games that have infinite continues uh they just talk about the ones that were popular yeah, too yeah uh, so like kid cool and the quest for the seven wonder herbs insanely hard game because it's got terrible controls and terrible level design uh, but it's got infinite continues so if you bang your head against the wall long enough you'll beat kid cool uh but it's way harder than like ninja gaiden or ghosts and goblins or things like that because it's also bad
2: <laughs> there's a lot of those kind of yeah just jank yeah. right a lot of jank or
0: or just library. Just uh, genres that people don't like. Like nobody talks about the strategy games. Uh, Nobody talks about flight sims. There's a few tough flight sims. Like I brought up Airwolf, uh, but like F one seventeen A Stealth Eagle, also very hard. Infiltrator, very hard.
2: And I can think of people talk
0: about people talk about Top Gun. That one drives me nuts because. They, they just didn't read the manual is why it's hard they don't know how to land the ship you just have to be within a certain speed range to land the ship it's not hard you just have to know that and if you read the manual you
1: would know that yeah well that's the thing like do you do, do you know how long we tried to land the ship <laughs> on destination earth
0: oh yeah that's another one yeah
1: like and i I would never mention it as a hard game but like i was it at my friend's house is it yeah Cause, cause i have it on my list here yeah I I love, love, love the music in that game. I love launching it and that the music just starts and you're already like flying through space and then like after like some credits roll you start playing then you go around and you shoot some stuff and then it's like all right like approach the planet like land on it. That's as much of that game as I've ever played. (laughs) Well I do not know how to land.
0: You've essentially played the whole game because Okay it just just repeats that and gets a little longer every stage. I think there's like eight stages or something and it's literally the same thing, just longer each time.
1: Right. And, and same thing, another one that I just don't know how to progress the game and I was just a lazy dumb kid and just never looked into it any farther. Uh, I've only ever played the first level of the last starfighter.
3: Uh,
0: that I okay, so there there are only three games. Do you guys know what pause buffering is?
1: Yeah, is that when you're playing Mega Man and you like just keep hitting pause to keep damaging the boss?
0: So kind of. Yeah. So that technique where you're pausing to make something. So in that case you're doing it to like get extra hits while the bullets like moving through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in games that are really really fast and you have a lot happening, if you pause and pause, pause and unpause really fast, it's like kind of putting the game in slow motion. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like life force. So or something um, yeah, you, shoot 'em ups would be the the biggest category for it. But yeah, I've only had to use that on three games to get through them. And last Starfighter was one of those games where I had to use pause buffering to uh, get my way through. So some games you can't even pause buffer because if you click pause, like it'll put you into like a menu or there's like a right. a, a couple second delay or something. So you can only do it on certain yeah. games where it lets you like pause and unpause instantly. Right. So I hate using that technique because it's very cheap and it's obviously not what they intended for you to do but like like i said earlier it's a tool they gave me i'm just using it in a unfair way to gain (laughs) your advantage so i try not to use it but i've used it on three games and that was one of them because oh it's it's just tough because you you're moving so fast and beyond just the enemy ships which you can shoot down those aren't too bad there's like things you can crash into on the spaceship you're flying over Mm. and you don't know they're going to be there until the split second before you hit them that yeah. was the hardest part. And then also landing was very challenging because it, the whole game plays is like just a flat shoot 'em up but then when right. you get to the landing, it's almost like it's an isometric perspective where you've got to be over top of the landing pad and kind of watch for shadows. It's really yep. tricky.
2: Well, I think we all look forward to reading the definitive guide or everything that the Angry Video Game Nerd taught you was wrong.
1: oh that's a good subtitle (laughs) it's going right next to my Roven books (laughs)
2: definitely
0: well i hope um i can make something worth reading and interesting and um that has a new perspective because i I think i've seen the same perspective that has some incorrect information for you know over a decade now so i would like to uh, try and combat that a little bit that will be my goal as soon as I am done these last few games. Uh, I want to get on that, the difficulty train. A few other things I would like to write about as well, but that's that's the biggest one for me that I would like to dive into and, and explore with people.
2: I think if you're going to do a book so, pitch, that would be a really good book pitch. I, I don't know if I'm up for a book. I was thinking
0: more like some <laughs> some uh, articles on some websites. Uh, don't sell yourself short.
1: Well, we'll see. At, yeah, at least a pamphlet.
0: <laughs> uh I'll try and do it like the Adventures of Lolo tip book, where it's just like a bunch of pages with like hand-drawn images on them and some notes. Thanks for talking to me about that, guys. Um, it's a topic I'm very interested in, so I hope uh, it wasn't too boring for you guys. But I, I really liked some of the games you brought up, having conversations about like Ninja Turtles and Ultima Exodus and stuff. But, but I didn't realize how much... History you have with Bayou Billy,
2: that was really interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could go on. There's more, but for the interest of time, yeah. we'll stop. Yeah,
1: it's it's great hearing you say stuff like that because we, we were the same way. It's like there, you know, the games that we played were like that. We didn't own. We're like, okay, we're gonna rent a movie. You know, mom and dad are gonna rent a movie, and we can rent a movie and a game. And like, so the kids would watch a movie, and then for the rest of the weekend, we'd have a game. So, uh, it's like i have got all the games that we played that were rentals are like burned into my memory as rentals like the skater dies and super spike v-ball um i didn't have any that were you know like on that on that difficulty spike but i just like hearing over and over you say like well we rented this <laughs> so we played it a ton because that was all you had to play for the week
0: yeah i you guys had better rentals than me i remember renting like dash galaxy and carnov Oh, I had Carnot. Carnot was great. Not great games.
2: Carnot was great. I loved it <laughs> as
0: a 10-year-old. Like, I don't think I love it anymore.
2: I like Carnot because all the crazy power-ups and everything you could get. I just like that you can jam a ladder in your pocket.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and that you better climb down that ladder or you can't put it back in your pocket. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's
0: true. <laughs> all right, well, uh, we, I guess we should wrap the show up. So I would like to thank our patrons for supporting the show. If you wish to be a patron, you can join us at patreon.com slash collectorcast. Uh, and that will give you access to our Discord uh, for just a dollar and a couple other perks if you're interested in going a little more. For example, uh, Bill I and one of our patrons have been reading through the Batman book Death and the Maidens, which is a... Rachel al Ghul focus book which is kind of neat uh, it's good given me a new perspective on race that I've never seen before um so if you're interested in Batman that's one of our perks we've also got a few other ones uh, worth checking out on there uh where can you find the show Chris
2: um you can find it in all the usual places so we are uh you can go to collectorcast.com to get a direct- uh, download of the rss feed or you can go to the major publishers you can catch us on spotify apple podcasts uh google um you name it all the big ones i think iHeartRadio. So, sadly still no podcast pickle return but Damn. about everywhere else someone's
0: gonna remaster site. that Hey, <laughs> right, uh, where can people find you guys
2: So um, I run the show account on Facebook and Twitter, at CollectorCast, or you can just follow CollectorCast on Facebook. I'll be honest, I'm never on Facebook, except to post the show. (laughs) Um, And you can catch me on Twitter, though, just at CollectorCast.
1: Yeah, I'm only on Facebook to sell things on Facebook Marketplace, because as it turns out, uh, 3% seller fee is better than the 15% uh, that eBay is charging these days. Well, there's a seller fee now? Uh, yeah if, if you're shipping Oh okay yeah if, if you're selling local no but yeah if you're shipping they're supposed to collect tax from the buyer which doesn't affect you and like two or three percent from you for like the service of matching you up so but yeah otherwise just to chat video games or, or whatever beer final destiny dad stuff uh, Bill underscore McGee uh, on Twitter And I am
0: on Twitter only at Kelsey Polnick k-e-l-s-y-p-o-l-n-i-k. Please jump on there and tell me some of your uh, hardest NES games or disagree with me on some of mine or you know if I missed a category or you want to expand on something like please let me know. It's a topic that I really love to explore so if you've got some ideas on it I would love to hear your thoughts um or you can just send me batman memes i like those as well
2: or, or again get on that patreon where you know we're in discord a lot so if you want to hop in there and yeah. chat with us or you want to get on this guardians of the galaxy playthrough we're getting ready to do
0: yeah one of our other patrons is yeah is going to join us uh, for a guardians of the galaxy playthrough hopefully sometime between december and january whenever my copy shows up <laughs> all right so have a good night and we will see you guys in a couple weeks